0: welcome to the 154th episode of the so video games podcast where we talk about any game at all including new stuff old stuff and anything in between if we are playing it we will be talking about it today we are recording on november 17th 2019 my name is brad galloway i am the editor of gamecritics.com and i am 50 percent of this year's show with me is co-host and raconteur extraordinaire carlos rodella
1: how are you doing i'm doing wonderful sir how are you doing I am uh, fantastic. I'm drinking water. Uh, It's not my mocha, but it'll, you know, hydrate. Hydration is
0: very important because we are mostly water.
1: And we're going to be expelling a lot of breath because we were talking about a big game today.
0: Very true. Very true. Uh, Folks, we kind of discussed what we're going to do for the script this week. Traditional, so video games structure is to do the quickies first and then save the meat for the end. We're going to flip it this time. We're going to do... The biggest game, the longest discussion, the deepest dive first. And of course, that's going to be on what else? It's got to be on Death Stranding. What else is going on in the world right now? Nothing, literally nothing but Death Stranding this week. Nope, I don't think anything else. We're talking Death Stranding first, and then we have a couple little tidbits, little palate cleansers to come up afterwards. So that is the structure of the show. Before we jump into it, though, I want to remind you all that we are, again, back on a weekly schedule. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me on this uh, seven-day journey, Carlos. 100%. And uh, we're also glad that you, dear listener, are joining us as well. And uh, if you have thoughts, comments, feedback requests, as always, you can contact us at SovietyGamesPodcast at gmail.com. But with no further ado, because I feel like we're probably going to need most of the time we've got allotted tonight, let's talk about the games. And as just stated, we are kicking it off with Death Stranding, the giant, huge magnum opus from Hideo Kojima, everyone's uh, favorite person. Or sometimes favorite person they love to hate. Um, We all know the scoop. He was a creator of Metal Gear. Very famous auteur in the game space. Had his falling out with Konami a couple years ago in a pretty well publicized spat. And he's been cooking up Death Stranding for the last couple years. He's been doing Hollywood parties. He's been meeting big stars. He's been getting this thing off the ground. And wouldn't you know it, that thing came to fruition i've been playing it carlos you've been playing it and i feel like there's a lot to talk about here um do you want to kick us off and kind of give us the gist of what the game is about and then you uh you want to lead off
1: yeah i can do that i mean man oh man there's a lot to talk about. i mean i don't know where you even start
0: with this but give us just the bare bones carlos what is death stranding in, in your view what is it about
1: you're a mailman and it's a post apocalyptic and that's the story
0: in a nutshell, there you go. I think we've
1: done it. We've wrapped it up, folks. Okay, that's a, we, uh, we're early. We can like, we got a just lot of time. Wrap up this whole podcast. I saw some movies.
0: We can just go straight to banter if you want.
1: Oh, I think we're going to say let's just watch the movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, okay. So yes, it is definitely um, a weird game, and we're going to get into a lot of the weirdness of it. But you play Sam Bridges, who is a person um, in this kind of yeah, it is a post apocalyptic setting. But it's basically America after a bunch of craziness has happened, including supernatural things, and they include the BTs, and we'll get to them later. But uh, America has basically fallen, and you are there to rebuild America by basically turning on the Internet everywhere.
0: <laughs> Which is kind of cool. You're kind of a post-apocalyptic like cable repairman.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're like the cable guy, but like for the Internet and for like all of America. Um, and also you can put down uh, ladders and bridges and things. Um, yeah, it's hard to get into it. But in general, it, it, it starts like a very solid, like solitary game. Like you're just by yourself, you're walking and you're thinking like you're just going to play this whole game as like a walking around and delivering, you know, cargo to, to places. But it definitely changes as it goes along. So, yeah, that's the setup and the fact that you are trying to help rebuild America uh, by bringing packages everywhere, but it's so much more than that. It is a beast of a game. I mean, I think you
0: did a great job explaining it and listening to you. I'm like, I mean, that is all true, but it is like so much more than that. It is like so crazy, so large, so huge. Um, gosh, I don't even know where to even start, Carlos. I, mean, I know, because okay. that's,
1: that's how it starts, and then it is a kind of slow burn into a whole other, not whole other game, but there's just so many more parts that get added to it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So before we start, let's just uh, let's kind of establish like a baseline here. Um. Uh. So we're probably not gonna spoil a lot in terms of story. Where are you in the game, Carlos? What chapter are you in, and how many hours have you put in? Do you know?
1: I don't know the hours, but I'm in the maybe the end, close to the end of chapter three.
0: Okay. I'm. uh, I finished chapter three last night. I'm in chapter five, and I've put in. I want to say about. 30 or maybe 35 hours um, okay and people tell me who have finished the game that I still have a lot left to go so wow. this is a beast of a game this is a huge game um so okay so I don't know in terms of spoiler warning we are a very anti-spoiler show uh Carlos I mean are you good with being anti-spoiler
1: yeah and I mean there's so many things about the mechanics of this game and like I just said how things kind of ramp up a bit um Without spoiling it, we can tell you a lot about like the style and the feel of the game as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if we even can spoil anything other than a few mechanical bits. So I think I, I feel fairly comfortable in saying that if you're listening to this podcast and you have not played Death Stranding, and honestly, I feel like everybody should, um, but if you haven't played it yet, don't worry about spoilers because I don't think we're going to touch on any spo- uh, story stuff. I don't think we've even really even seen much of the story stuff what we're going to talk about basically is how it plays the mechanics that i think are very interesting and worth discussion um maybe a couple like mechanical surprises that are just related to gameplay but nothing really story heavy is that does that seem like a fair set of ground rules to you carlos
1: yeah totally and i think that just by explaining the mechanics and kind of some of the early moments i think there's really cool moments that we can talk about that have happened probably to both of us um that make it a special game that would get people excited to play it because there's so much more after the moment we tell you like say we have a moment and we talk about it with the bt or something um you've seen them in the trailers you've seen like probably six hours of trailers by this point um it's not going to change or spoil anything that way but it might get you i think even more excited or interested because i definitely have a really cool story to share so i think that's
0: true i've got a couple good moments and i got a lot of really Interesting, interesting design things. Um, but before we get to that, um, it, it occurs to me that maybe we should like lay down for the folks how we were approaching this game. So, Carlos, um, tell us just really briefly like your experience with Hideo Kojima or with Metal Gear, and like were you psyched for this? Were you not psyched for this? Like, what was your what was your feeling coming into this game? Before we dig into it, like where, how were you approaching this game?
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, like a semi Metal Gear fan. Like, I I think it's pretty fun. I'm not like um, a crazy fan for it, but I do enjoy it. And the cutscenes sometimes seem like they go on forever. But that's just him, and that's his art style and, and his kind of storytelling. So I wasn't like super excited for just another game from him. But then the more I saw of the fact that they were really going to change up the playability and the weirdness of what a game is, then that's speaking my language. Because I am Mr. Like Let's try something totally different and weird. Um, and so that's the part I was excited about, because I was like, what does this mean? Like, what is this game going to be? Are you just a delivery man? I don't know what that means. So that's how I came into it. I was I was just intrigued on the whole concept.
0: All right. So that seems like you were coming to it, you know, basically with an open mind. Would that be kind of fair? Yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, as for me, I mean, I've talked about Metal Gear multiple times on the show, and... I, I don't want to say that I'm a Metal Gear fan because I feel like a lot of the fans are pretty rabid when it comes to the Metal Gear fan base. Um, I mean, I definitely liked some of the games, um, but I got to say I was not a fan of Metal Gear Solid 4. I thought Hideo Kojima lost his mind, and <laughs> I bounced off of Metal Gear Solid 5. I liked some of the mechanics of it, but I just really couldn't get into it. I didn't really want to play it. So I, I, I have issues with Kojima. I think he's a... He's definitely a smart guy. He's an innovative guy. He's a creative guy. But he's also got some problems and he's got some weaknesses. And I think like a lot of people, I was afraid that now that he's kind of running his own show, now that he didn't have a producer at Konami looking over his shoulder, I was thinking, oh no, we're going to get like George Lucas, right? I mean, I don't know how you feel about Star Wars or whatever, but I feel like Star Wars was better when Lucas had people looking over his shoulder. And as soon as he started running the show, it turned into a pile of crap.
1: Oh, yeah, and, 100% I mean, agree.
0: Okay, good, good. Because uh, if you don't think it was a pile of crap, you're crazy. Um, and I would and have to
1: leave the podcast. I would I would also have to leave the podcast. <laughs> this would be two
0: hours of dead air. Yeah. Um, so I was afraid we were in for another George Lucas situation. I think that was a pretty common sentiment. Like, oh, no one's watching the crazy guy now. He's going to go off the deep end. Um, so I got to say, I was not originally planning to buy this game. But, I mean, regardless of your feelings on Death Stranding, You have to admit, it's like one of the biggest games of the year, if not the biggest, just in terms of hype, in terms of buzz, in terms of you know stars involved, in terms of anticipation. I mean, uh, do you think that's pretty fair? Do you think it's fair to say it's one of the biggest games of the year, if not the biggest?
1: Yeah, because, I mean, so many people are looking at it, you know? It's one of those things where it's like, it's going to be polarizing, it's going to be divisive, but at the same time, it's going to be watched.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I was not... Uh, originally planning to to buy it. Uh, I don't know if people know, but I've mentioned a couple times that Game Critics is, uh, is banned from the Sony review list. They kicked us off their list, so they don't send us any codes anymore, which is fine. Whatever life goes on, we can buy a game or rent it just like anybody else. So I knew we weren't getting one for free. I knew we were not getting any review copies, which meant I would have to put up a full 60 bucks. And Carlos, as we discussed last episode, I know that you are the guy who buys games full price, and that's totally fine for you. I am the guy I'm the cheapskate. I'm the skinflint. I'm the guy that buys everything on sale. And so I was going to have to pay for this full price if I wanted to buy it. But goddammit, there was so much buzz and so much chatter and so much talk. And I'm like, you know, I'm an editor at a games review website. What am I doing if I'm not playing the biggest game of the year, whether I liked it or not? And I got to say, I I kind of expected a shit show. uh, But that is not what I got. That is not what I got. So that's kind of how I was approaching it. I was waiting for it to crash and burn. Uh, okay, and I was I was ready for this thing to suck, and it does not suck.
1: So. Lots of times, though, that's the best way to go into something. I mean, I can't do it physically; like, my body will just be like, "No, Carlos, you are optimistic. <laughs> you can't be this way." But a lot of people, a lot of times, I think, if you go in like, "Oh, I don't know," and then you're pleasantly surprised that whole thing. So it seems like that happened with you.
0: Yeah, I was I was ready for another Kojima shit show. I was ready for another pile of shit like metal gear solid 4 i was i was bracing myself for it and that is 100 not what i got so i i mean if you know if hideo kojima is listening because i i heard that he's a fan of our show oh, if 100%. he yeah uh, 100 if he's listening hey hideo i owe you an apology because i was i was i was waiting for you to show up with egg on your face and the one with egg on their face is actually me so apologies to you mr kojima uh you you did not
1: fail to deliver so okay
0: that's where we were coming from I don't even know what to start. We talked about you being a a post-apocalyptic...
1: I I know, I can't say that word either. I can't say that
0: word, it's tough. We talked about you being a mailman after a disaster happens. And, I mean, okay, so I guess, Carlos, what were your first impressions when you start this game up? Because it's an unusual game. A lot of people have called it the actual walking simulator because walking and managing the mechanics of your walking is like what you do for a lot of the games. So as you start this game... um, and you realize, like, there's no combat right away. You put on a backpack. You walk. I mean, what what were your thoughts? What did you make of this?
1: Yeah, okay. So, first off, anybody listening, this is the very beginning of the podcast. We're getting right into Death Stranding. Uh, have this be a big takeaway. This is not a fucking walking simulator. Walking simulator is, like, um, something you're going through and just kind of watching the story, like Gone Home or something. Or Dear Esther was that one of them, I think? Yeah, that was, um, that was like,
0: one of the first ones.
1: Right. And so you're, like, that's an experience that you're kind of... Passive in a way. You're just kind of going through the motions and seeing what the storyteller wants to show you. This is a game where you have to play. There's gameplay. You can fail. Uh, there's a lot of dialogue and cutscenes, right? It's Hideo. So in the beginning, even though you're just doing a few package deliveries, there's a ton of cutscenes. I was actually surprised at how many because I just saw gameplay videos of this guy walking forever. But no, there's a ton of story that happens. You can't even do anything for a while. Um, Plus, there's supernatural stuff, and as I said, it, it does a slow burn of adding more gameplay types to the game. So, in the very beginning, I was like, okay, I'm going to deal with this because I have a feeling that I'm going to get more uh, to this, this character instead of just like balancing. But I got to also say, I've never had a balance walking in a game, and I really was having a fun time with it because... It's like a RPG or it's like you as a person when you were a kid and you went out into the woods. Well, I did because it was a different time and uh, just played out in the woods and like would have to jump around rocks and stuff and like figure a path to get to the middle of the woods. Like there's a little fun puzzle that takes place in that. And I was not expecting that at all, like balancing and jumping over rock and thinking you can make up this hill. But then you realize you can't make it up that hill. So you got to go the other way. And then there's water involved and so the whole puzzle walking aspect of it that's not a walking simulator was a really interesting game mechanic i mean how'd you feel about it when you first started doing it
0: yeah i mean i saw all the videos and stuff beforehand and i was really confused as i'm sure a lot of people were by like you see a picture of norman Reedus from the walking dead um, you know is the main star of the show he is the main character Photorealistic approach here and Seeing pictures of him walking across a landscape with a backpack, you're like, "What the fuck? Like, what? Are you, what are you even doing? Like, what's happening? Like, all you do is walk. I don't get it." But once you start playing, yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, it is kind of a walking simulator, but it, not the kind that we're used to. It's like you're actually simulating, like, like you just said, like, I am on an uneven surface and I need to navigate my character through this place, and I have a lot of packages on my back. You have like kind of a silly number of packages on your back most of the time. Uh, really, like, just kind of absurd, but. You're, you're weighed down with these packages and you're like, okay, so if I walk and I'm on a hill and these packages are factored into the physics of the game, if I'm not watching what I'm doing, I'm going to fucking topple right over because I got to keep these things balanced as I'm walking. And so part of the game is like, you know, like you said, picking a path with like the least number of rocks, the least number of cliffs or least number of like rivers to cross or whatever. You want to find the smoothest path possible from A to B. And then you're also like watching your fucking footsteps and you're like watching where you step and you're watching out for like bumps and dips and puddles and stuff because you can sometimes slip. And if you slip and fall, it damages the packages that you're carrying. And then either that stuff might be worth less when you get there or maybe it'll be totally damaged. You don't get any points at all. And so as you're delivering these things, like you really are thinking, just how am I going to get there? Like, how am I going to arrive? Which I think is in itself pretty crazy and pretty unusual because it's not many games that would be brave enough to like have walking be the thing the active thing that makes up the vast majority of the game right like it's but it's so much more challenging and i don't know about you carlos but like as i was playing this i don't know if it's my age or maybe the, the the phase of life that i'm in or I don't know what, but like as I started doing this, as I did the first couple of missions where you like you start off at your base, they're so like, "Yeah, here's your backpack full of goods. Get to this dude's cabin that's way out in the you know out in the bumfuck nowhere," and you start just you just walk like you're just like just get there and just walk. As I'm walking, I'm like kind of calm, kind of meditative. I mean, it's like you can't just turn your brain off because you can still slip and fall and trip on shit, so you got to be awake. But at the same time, like it's not like I'm actively dodging bullets. I'm not taking cover. I'm not reloading. I'm not double jumping or anything like that. You're just walking. And it's kind of like calm and satisfying. But at the same time, you do feel like something is really happening. And I think this this activity is a perfect marriage for what the game is. Because as you stated earlier, you know, you're in kind of a post-apocalyptic United States. And you're reconnecting the country. And I mean, like in real life, so many things that you do are just a lot of grunt work. A lot of just like... Put your head down and focus, and you'll get there eventually. But you know, you don't often get your reward right off the bat. I mean, you know, like you you start a career. You don't start out as CEO. You start out as like the dude in the mailroom, or you know, as the one that used to be how it was anyway. I don't know about it that these
1: days. Yeah, but. that's the path now. I, I don't think that's the path yeah. Maybe anymore. not the path anymore. But, yeah.
0: But you know, you start off at something like you start off at a sport. Like you know, you don't start off as a star quarterback. You start off as like a dude who's on a high school team, and then like you know, you work your way up. You play in college, and then you work your way up, and then you. Get to be on some shitty NFL team and then eventually you like on the, the best NFL team or whatever you know yeah. so it's, it's kind of like that so like this walking thing reminds me of like yeah my goal is to like re- reconnect the United States I got to do it one internet router at a time and <laughs> you got to just walk to these places and that's all it is like it's just you got to just walk and just got to do it one foot in front of the other so something about that I felt like was very satisfying and very I don't know, just kind of just like it really clicked with me. Like it felt like something like I'm really okay to do right now.
1: Well, and also it's very timely, you know, in our country right now with this whole Absolutely. political madness. I, I don't know if he's fully saying, you know, this message about what we're dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. I can't see that it it must be coming to play in some way. But um, like when you said, when I first started too, um, the music, by the way, is beautiful in this. And the the soundtrack as well as the score and the soundtrack came in at the very beginning when you're first doing this kind of epic walk and it has this kind of interesting cinematic camera for a minute. And it just feels, yeah, very relaxing, cathartic. And I think what, the, what it is is it's that loop, right? So it's why people kind of like idle games um, and experience points because we really want to accomplish something, right? And we enjoy accomplishing things in our real life. And this is a somewhat relaxing game where you have to manage a little bit of your uh, balance and how you're going to package, you know, do your load out of the cargo. But when you get somewhere, you're giving somebody something and that makes you feel good. And this game is full of things that make you feel good because there's little signs you can put down, which we'll get to that in a minute with the social aspect. But you can put a little sign down that's a smiley face and other people in the game can come around and like that. And you also get likes for everything you do in this game. So you give this guy a package of underwear because sometimes it's weird like that. And, uh, and you get likes from that and, but you feel good because you helped out in some way so I think the loop that's really relaxing for me and why I kept going back is you want to see what's around the next corner you want to see what new kind of gameplay mechanic might be introduced but a lot of it is because you just want to deliver more shit and find out how you get to that place so that everything can be okay you know it's this nice kind of relaxing like oh I did it
0: yeah, I think there's really something to that. I mean, I think on multiple levels, this is an interesting approach and a, and a successful approach. I mean, I think, number one, I mean, at Game Critics, we are, I mean, I don't want to say that we're art house motherfuckers, but we kind of are. And we're always looking for something that's innovative and new and looking for people who are, are, are you know, bringing new designs to the forefront. And I think that this is a really kind of a radical design. I mean, like so many of the missions are simply like cross this piece of land. And just deliver a box, like that's all it is. And along the way, I mean, you're not just holding forward, but like you know, you're making little left turns and right turns. And this hill looks like it's impassable. I'm gonna go around this thing. And oh, there's this thing over here. I'm gonna pick up this other box along the way. And you're kind of just doing these little micro decisions, but none of it is really high stakes. And you know, maybe you'll slip a little bit, and that'll give you like a little bit of a, a scare. But then you like you you balance yourself back, and you you know save the day, keep going. And just something about that, I feel like is really just really refreshing to like when i when i first started making my, my long walk in the first chapter there's no enemies you don't even have a gun or anything you're just walking with your backpack you start uh, you crest this hill uh the music like you said is really nice music uh, a lot of like really cool ambient kind of soulful music and like whenever the game realizes that you're not going to be in any trouble anytime soon like the soundtrack kicks in and they give you like a little song to walk to and like you just see this vista ahead of you and you're just like walking and like You just know that if you keep putting one foot in front of the other, you're going to get there. I mean, it may take you a minute or two longer, maybe a little bit shorter, but you'll find, you know, you'll find a way there eventually. You'll get there. And then you you feel like you did something like you're like one step closer to this giant goal. Like, I mean, I kind of I kind of feel bad for people who had to review this game under a deadline because I don't think this is in any way, shape or form a kind of game that you want to jam through over a weekend. You know, like this is a huge game.
1: You You probably couldn't either.
0: Yeah, you probably couldn't. I mean, I, I know people who were playing this like in a rush and a lot of those people ended up feeling burned out or had a lot of complaints about it. I'm like, I don't think this is the kind of game that really succeeds by you putting in 20 hours a weekend. I think, you know, I don't, I mean, I guess how often are you playing? I'm playing like maybe no more than like three or four missions a day, probably. Just, you know, I get in, I feel like I did something, but then I stop, like I don't keep going, you know? Like I I have that thought in my head of Sam Bridges having to reconnect America. That's not going to get done in a day. So mentally I'm like pacing myself this is going to be one long-ass journey, so I'm just going to go one little leg at a time. I mean, how much are you playing at a session or in a day?
1: Yeah, I think it's like one or two missions. But then it's interesting because it is so addictive, and we'll talk about this in a minute. But when more gameplay gets added, you just, again, want to see what that next loop is going to be. So I'll do like one or two missions, and then something will happen like that I'm interested in or some cutscene, and then it's like two hours later. You know, um, yeah, yeah. so in general, I'm trying to get in and out. But if, if something happens, I'm like, oh, I need to figure out what this is all about.
0: Yeah, very true. Very true. So the walking is really interesting, but there's more to it than just the walking because you've mentioned the BTs before. And I know that people have seen the videos. I mean, we've seen videos of this stuff for the like the last two or three years. But the BTs are these like ghosts. Um, I'm not at a point in a story where they even explain this, but like the premise of the game. And this is again, folks, this is not a spoiler. This is stuff that's been known for like the last couple years. Um, like somehow the world of like the dead and the world of the living are kind of overlapping, and that was kind of what caused the apocalypse. And so, as Sam is walking, you'll see these BTS who are basically invisible, uh, but you can see them with the help of BB, who is that little baby in a jar that's strapped to your chest. That's also been in all the trailers and all the promotional materials. Um, he can help you sense where those ghosts are at. And so you've got to like sometimes you'll 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 have a nice walk and nothing happens and it's totally peaceful and chill. And sometimes. Uh, it'll start raining, and rain is when the ghosts appear. So you're like, "Oh shit, it's raining. They may show up. Uh, usually they do. And if those ghosts show up, you gotta like dodge them. You gotta like like go around them. You can't let them catch you. So or hold I mean, your breath. Yeah, or hold your breath so they don't hear you or see you. Um, and that is pretty. That's some pretty tense shit. I mean, what do you think about the BTS? How is that working for you?
1: Yeah, I think this is also really important for people to know. Like, if you're listening to this and you heard us talk about walking a lot, you do, but really soon. You are encounter these BTs. Like, I mean, was it the first chapter, probably? Yeah, and, for sure, for sure. And you've got to be quiet. You've got to figure out the stealthy way to get around them. And then again later, they'll you'll have other ways to, to deal with them. But for right now, you've got to deal with them. It slows the whole game down. You've kind of like um, be afraid of, of of I don't. You can't really die because there's a whole story about that. But you will definitely have to respawn or something. Uh, so you, yeah, it. I'd like the pacing of it because I feel like it's not all the time, but it's just when I feel like I'm getting ahead. I've I've done one good delivery under my belt and I'm going around the next, you know, hill and all of a sudden it starts raining, which by the it can rain. It's called time fall. It can rain and, and BTs will not show up sometimes true, too. Very true. It can just rain and like damage your packages, which by the way, pro tip, uh, find some spray. What's it called?
0: Package, like package container repair, spray. container
1: repair spray. Get that as soon as you can in the game. And that will save you a lot of, um, you know, you'll get more likes for your packages because you can basically fix them. Uh, weirdly enough, you have to put them on the ground to fix them, but whatever. No, you don't. You can spray them when you're on your right back. Really? If you push square... It
0: makes your hand turn around, and so you spray yourself on the back, and you can fix your packages while they're still in oh, your back. I did
1: not know that. That's yep. very handy.
0: Yeah, you just be walking, whip out the spray. You can spray something on the ground, or you turn it around, spray it on your back.
1: Oh, I've been wasting a lot of time then. <laughs> <laughs> pro um, tip. Pro tip. Yeah, yeah pro tip two then.
0: Well, I mean, it, just for like a side, side tangent here, no disrespect to you at all, because this game has so many fucking mechanics. This game has so many fucking bits and bobs and moving pieces and so many little tweaks and stuff we haven't even we don't even know everything that's involved in the game yet but for example uh, i'm at a point in the game where they keep telling me hey sam you can um project a hologram from your thing and use that to to disguise yourself and i'm like great i have no idea how to do it dude literally no idea (laughs) i've talked to like five people everybody knows you can do it but nobody can do it because no one knows how to do it this game has so many mechanics so i don't i am not surprised you didn't know how to spray yourself in the back because it takes a while to figure out and a lot of experimentation well and it there's uses a lot every of every goddamn button dude
1: it uses all the buttons and it has a million menus in the beginning totally, totally. you will be like afraid so don't be afraid because what happens in general i think it happened to you as well i'm guessing is that you're overwhelmed with too much stuff and all these notes and emails you get emails i'm like i have them in real life come on uh but then at some point you start finding your pacing and you start like, okay. I'm going to focus on these things. These are the things I do know how to do. I do know how to do the container spray. I know how to do my loadout. You start understanding recycling. You know, all the stuff that on paper sounds crazy sauce. You're like, what is this game? But then once you get your groove, I think um, it's not as overwhelming. But, yeah, there's so many systems. Tons and tons and tons of systems. There's systems upon systems. There's
0: a lot of stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. So getting back to the BTs, the BTs is the first thing that presents like a more active kind of gamer challenge. And like, I don't know, maybe people will think this sounds weird, but like, I don't know about you, but like when I'm walking and it's clear skies and there's no rain and no BTs and nothing happens. I'm like, that is the best. Like, I love it when nothing happens, which sounds crazy because you would think that would be boring. But, like, anytime it rains and I get to dodge BTs, I'm like, oh, fuck. No, I got to do this one again. Ah.
1: Oh, there's yeah. A- there's
0: other enemies as well. Um, you, you fight these human guys who will try to jack your packages. And, like, I don't want to mess with those guys either. My favorite part of the game is, like, I hit a stretch of nothing, and all I'm doing is walking. And that's, like, for me, like, where I love the game the most. I mean, how do you feel about dodging the BTs and and the human enemies? Like, is that is that adding to the game to you? Do you like that or do you not like it? What do you feel about that?
1: It's interesting. So I, li- I, I don't – I'm not, like – uh, very happy where I don't want the BT thing to happen ever, because there's two things. One, I don't think that the animation should happen each time. So whenever you see these BTs, your little thing on the, on your suit that kind of detects them, um, will start freaking out. And it does a whole like cutscene. And I just don't want that to, I'm like, can I just skip that? Because I know what's going to happen. It's not a big surprise. So that kind of takes too long for me. And then if I'm not equipped, which I won't spoiler. Uh, if I'm not equipped with certain things that you can get later in the game, um, i then I've got to like, just be really slow and this game is already really slow. So for me, it's like, yeah. And, and I'm so caring about my packages and I've just like, you know, put them perfectly on my back in this way. And like, if I'm going to get oil all over them, oh no, no, no. So I, I despise that part of it. Really? Um, I haven't had the best time with that because it just feels like it's like, setting me back But the mules are the bad guys. The human enemies. Human enemies who want to just steal your stuff. I kind of enjoyed that because, A, running from them is really fun. (laughs) Uh, Or if you – this is a minor spoiler, but we're going to have to talk about it. There are vehicles in the game. Um, If you have something that is a vehicle-type thing, you know, you could just speed right by them. But I did stop for once, and it's pretty inventive on how many different ways you can – Hurt them, you're not killing people, uh, at least not where I'm in the game. Not yet. Not okay. yet, you're not. And there's a lot of like non-lethal weapons on purpose, which I think was really cool. Um, so you know, you can have a package in your hand. And you can just swing your package and hit, knock the guy out. And that's kind of fun and inventive. you know. So for me, I didn't mind those um, kind of like puzzles because it was like there's a bunch of people in this area I'll just knock out these two people, maybe pick up some of the resources they have, and then hightail it out of there. So I kind of use them as to my advantage at times. Yeah,
0: they have a lot of resources. If you so like as you go through the landscape, there's gonna be like these little areas on your map that are kind of like thick with these these human enemies called the mules. And so I try to avoid them whenever possible. I try to just stay out of their territory so I don't have to deal with them. But you can you know, kit yourself out for combat, like get rid of all your packages. You can just go to their camp. You can just like go in there with the purpose of like mixing it up with them, steal the stuff that they have and knock them all out. Um, you can't kill them for a while. You do eventually get some lethal weapons, but there's also some stuff that goes along with that. It's not as simple as that. So, um, that's maybe, I don't know if that's a spoiler or not. We don't really need to talk about that. It's not that important, but, um, but yeah, I, I thought that part was okay. Like I, when I'm ready for them, I think it's fine. Uh, but it is really stressful when you're trying to just get your, your delivery done or you got a real fragile package and then these guys come to fuck you up. I don't enjoy that part very much. Um, but, and, and, like, if you have a vehicle, you can speed by them if you've got, uh, you know, if you've got a good path, if you're, if you're on your way, but they have these stun batons and if you're riding a motorcycle or something, and they hit the motorcycle with the stun baton, it, it freezes for like a minute and a half or something. And so you've got to engage with them at that point. Like, you Oh, can't, I never had that happen. Oh yeah. They, if they, if you're in a car or a vehicle or a motorcycle or something, they they stun it you're done like you just fall over and you got you gotta mess with them at that point so you can't well, always escape
1: um, let me do a quick side tangent there yeah, another yeah. another these are because uh this may be number three reason why you should give it a chance i feel like the, the first one was well i forgot what the order was but was this is another reason. reason it was a good reason it was a good reason but this one is that they do let you have uh or at least work on getting a bike powered up early on like i think it was chapter two like, yeah, it's very was, it's
0: pretty early, yeah. Yeah,
1: and I'm like, "Oh, sh- I didn't even think cuz like again, you see all the footage and you're like this guy's walking forever. But no, there's a bike there, but then you've got to work on getting it running. But once you do, th- there's an upkeep on the bike. There's all this type of stuff that nothing in this game is like for free. You know, you definitely have to work for things, which again is like life. And you what but it makes you feel so good when you do it. So I clean up the bike, I got it powered, it got me to this place. When I got there, it had all this time-fall rust on it. I, You know, I, I um, cleaned it up in the garage, which is that's how you repair them, put them in the garage. Came back out, loaded it up, because you can actually put gear on the bike. So you store a bunch of your cargo on the bike itself. And then I started getting to a flow because I was like, ooh, now I can get from point A to point B a little quicker and I can think about different types of things. So again, this game is not a walking simulator because early on they show you vehicles not necessarily going to be like that way for the rest of the game. You're still going to have to walk later, but I just think it's so cool. There's so many different systems that make you feel empowered and, and it's not just like tripping over rocks.
0: So let's, yeah, I mean, absolutely. So let's talk about that for a minute because, uh, you know, in the very opening cut scene of the game, they show Sam on a motorcycle and he tries to make a jump and something happens. He loses his bike and it, you're like, Oh fuck, I had a cool looking bike. That looks awesome. But I don't have that anymore. You end up walking for a couple hours and that moment that you're describing, when you finally find like the rusted out bike, but then you know you can fix it up, and you fix it up, you finally get it. That's like an amazing feeling. You're like, oh fuck yeah, I got a, like this awesome sci-fi motorcycle. Stick some package on the back. I'm gonna cruise across the landscape. That is a really good feeling. Um, but there are, you know, there are places where you just cannot ride a bike through, like it's too rocky or there's rivers that you can't cross or there's things that you can't jump or whatever. Um, but then later on, so talking about the vehicle's um, structure, I mean, you do find the bikes. There's a couple different flavors of bike. There's also um, trucks that you can uh, drive. You can eventually, you steal them at first or you find them, but then later on you can make your own truck. And it, you know, you can basically carry like infinite uh, cargo in the back of the truck. I mean, it can carry thousands and thousands of pounds. So you can drive that thing and load that thing up. If there's a road, great. If there's no road, good luck. I mean, you know, some places are easier to navigate than others. Um, but there's more stuff than that. Now, one of my favorite, th- I have two things that I think are awesome in this game. And we're going to talk about these. I don't I'm I'm saying this to sell you people. I don't think it's that much of a spoiler, but do you use the little floating carriers very often?
1: I did, I have not got them yet.
0: You've not gotten the floating carrier. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I've at, seen them in the tri- in the in some video, but yeah.
0: At one point, you get this little box, and it looks just like a little floaty thing, and you can hook it up to a rope that's on your back, and so you can load this platform up with a bunch of boxes and drag it behind you, and it floats, and so. Instead of having that stuff on your back, you can just have this stuff trailing behind you. And you can even hook up a second one. So you can be like a little choo-choo train crossing the landscape <laughs> where you've got these little uh, cargo cars that are being trailed behind you. And you can use that. You know, it doesn't do too well like on a cliff where you have to jump or if the terrain is too rocky. But, man, that is a huge a huge tool that really helps you get some of your deliveries done if you're in the right type of terrain. I love that thing. I use it, like, all the time.
1: Wait, but do those things have – to do you have to balance those things? You do not have to balance them. The only thing to those –
0: is that you have to have enough of a special resource to make it float. And if you run out of that resource, it stops floating. But honestly, I've never even remotely come close to running out of that resource. I kind of forgot it even matters because I have tons of it. So I just use those with no fear. And I've been, I've been,
1: oh, I can't wait till I get them. Then
0: Uh, I've been slapping those things all over the place. Now, the other thing that I think is really fucking cool. So, okay, so let's back it up a little bit. You can, there are no roads at the beginning, but you can build a road. It takes a lot of resources, and these roads can be built. Have you built many roads, Carlos? I have
1: helped build roads.
0: Okay. So, yeah. Okay, so let's hold off on the sharing thing. We'll talk about that in a second. But you can build roads, whether by yourself or with the online community. And once these roads are built, it takes a lot of resources. Honestly, I think it's kind of a pain. I think it takes a little bit too much, uh, too many resources. I haven't done it very much because I feel like it's kind of tedious. But you can build these roads. If these roads exist, you can cruise up and down the landscape on these roads. It's really nice. I really enjoy them. I just don't want to build them. But the other thing that you can do, which is later, is the zip line. Have you gotten the zip line yet?
1: No. You're showing me all these new things that I don't. Oh know. Oh my if...
0: god! The zip line is the shit. I mean, so okay, so like you you eventually get the zip line from someone, and what happens is you can set it up yourself. You just you find a place that looks like it's a nice high place with a good view. You set up a pole that's got a zip line attached to it. You walk, you know, 300 meters away. You set up a second pole, and instead of walking on the ground, which again, this the entire game is about walking, basically. If you set up the zip line, you can just zip all the way across, whatever it is. You have to get there the first time, right? Because you're the one that's got to set up the pole.
1: Oh, so you have to go all the way to the other side of it where it's going to end. Yeah,
0: you have to eventually, I mean, you have to walk there first. If you can't get there, you cannot set it up. But if you can get there once, then you can set up your zip line when you get there. And then from that point forward, you're zipping all up and down the thing. So, you know, in chapter three, how large that landscape is, right? It's it's enormous, right? So like this morning... I got the zip lines unlocked, and I'm like, "Oh yes!" So I went to the very end of the land. I got a bunch of these little zip lines in my backpack, and I'm like, "I'm doing this." So I went from the very, like, the very southern end of the land, and like every 300 meters, I plopped down a zip line, and I got to the very northern end of the land. And instead of me building all those roads, I set up this little chain of zip lines, and I can get across the whole map in like, like nine minutes or something. That's like a, it's like a three-hour walk.
1: Oh or my goodness. You can get
0: up and down in like ten minutes. It's fucking amazing feeling when you get that shit set up.
1: That's what I'm talking about. This game does that. It goes like, okay, just play it a little longer when it gave you a new thing. And now it's like the zipline, and that's the, that's the now I want that. Now I have to play tonight. Damn it, now I have to play tonight.
0: <laughs> well, it's cool because you know, it's work, right? Like you have to work to get to the point where you even have the zipline available. Once you get yeah. the zipline, you have to work again because you have to carry that shit on your back. You have to get to the place I mean, you gotta like bring a rope you got to rappel up and down or whatever you got to climb cross a river like whatever you got to do to get there you got to do it yourself the first time and then once you get it set up you're like yes this is like the reward for all of that labor all of that hard work that almost falling off the cliff that getting in the rain and dodging the bts like now i don't worry about that because i zip through the fucking territory so fast like it's an amazing reward for like the hard work that you're doing and honestly i think that's really tapping into something that i think a lot of people really want and crave and desire and like we we don't really have so much of these days is like you know the the former american dream was work hard and your dreams come true i don't think that's really true but in this game it kind of is true where if you work you will be rewarded for it it's a wonderful feeling
1: i wonder if that's why people like souls games because they're like i did so you know i did all these things to to make it through this one section and look what i did you know like i they said it couldn't be done and i did it somehow um I want to say another big moment here. That was kind of an aha moment for you maybe or just a really cool feeling moment. One of mine was, and this is what this game is made up of, all these little moments. I was uh, taking my bike up this really you know, hill that I shouldn't have tried. (laughs) There's a lot of those moments where you're like, I can do it, um, and you probably can't. But in this case, I kind of did where I was just maneuvering the bike around enough rocks that I kind of found a path to get to the top of this mountain so I could come down the other side of it and save myself an hour, right?
0: Right, totally, totally. Shortcuts are gold. Shortcuts, yeah.
1: yeah. So I'm at the top of the mountain and all of a sudden it starts raining. And I mean, I am fucking packed to the gills with cargo, you know, on my backpack and on my bike. So what happens is the worst BT encounter ever. Oh no. Like, I mean, one where like, you're kind of crammed in by the rock so it's like hard to maneuver. And so I'm, like, having to struggle away. You have to hit box uh, to struggle. And I'm struggling away. um, And I'm getting pulled down. I got oil all over my packages. And I'm thinking this is the end, you know, because I just don't have enough.
0: BT's got you. BT's got you. Yeah,
1: BT's got me. But also I didn't have enough kind of, um, you know, uh, defensive-type tools. And all of a sudden I saw my bike go, like, into the muck. And I'm like, did they get my bike? Fuck me, you know. And I'm really freaking out. And then I go under – which I haven't before. I went under the oil, whatever it is, and they they just sent me like I was like going down the oil river, like very very far away from where my bike was, and I was like, this is it. They're gonna just kill me. I'm gonna have to go. All my shits lost. I mean, I might have cried a little,
0: <laughs> a couple tears. Okay, couple
1: tears, and all of a sudden, I did enough things, enough struggling, whatever, to somehow get out of the muck, get away from those motherfuckers find a package that they'd made me drop, and it was like just floating in the oil somewhere, picked it up quickly, ran back to where the bike was, and all of them just disappeared after a while. And I'd somehow made it out of that madness, even after they'd pulled me under. And then I found my bike, and it was over on the side, and it was over by this mountain somewhere. And I picked up the bike, and it had oil all over it, and my packages were shit, but they were still like, you know, I still get points if I bring them in. And then I drove down the hill, I made my shortcut and the music kicked in, you know, just like that beautiful music. And I was like, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. And it made me feel like a champion.
0: I've had a couple near misses like that, too. And it's like you think you're going to lose it all. And maybe you will. I mean, you don't always win those. But if you if you manage to get away from those BTs and like you're like, I mean, it's funny. The feeling of being so frantic is is crazy because you're so serene and calm most of the time when you're walking. And just like you said, when you get cornered, like it starts raining, you're like, oh, fuck, this is like the worst place for it to rain. And here I am. And you're stuck. You can't run away easily. Like if you're in a rocky place or there's places where there's like cliffs or crevasses nearby and you can't you can't just dash. And then those guys like corner you. You're like, like the stress is real. You're like, fuck, I got all this stuff on my back. I got this guy's, you know, bottle of 1942 Chateau Blanc or whatever. (laughs) And I got to get this thing to him. And, you know, it's my job. And. I mean, this having those those moments where you feel like, oh fuck, I'm just, I gotta get out of here. I'm you're jamming on the, the the square button to just to get away from those guys if they grab you, and you're trying to run. You're going like like any direction you can go. It doesn't matter where you're going, just to get away from these guys. And you're hurrying and you're stumbling. And you're taking chances, and you're gonna just you're trying to jump sometimes and just like, oh I jump yeah yeah, yeah I like, totally you try jump, to jump and run like you know you don't want to run because it'll like unbalance you, but sometimes you gotta just get away from them, just anything to get away from those fuckers. Like, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, there's really tense moments. And if you make it, it is a fucking incredible feeling. You're like, oh my God, like, how did I, how did I survive that? It's amazing. So, when you yeah. come out
1: the other side, it just, it yeah. feels like a different, it feels different than other video games, you know? It's not like I'm not underpowered fully, but I'm not overpowered. I mean, I'm mainly underpowered, but at the same time, I still feel like, I can probably get away, you know, like there's always a chance. Like I probably can jump and dodge and find my bike. And fuck, I did. And I got that package to that yeah, person.
0: Absolutely. Or even, you know, even sometimes if you have even a narrow escape, there was um, a point where I, <laughs> I was, I had a truck and I had a car. My, my truck's cargo bay was full of shit and I was trying to find a route. I was struggling because there was a lot of rocks and I couldn't find a place that my car could get over. Started rain and I'm like motherfuckers <laughs> and the BTS came in and I'm like I gotta I gotta just go for it and I you know jammed on the gas that did not work out because there was too many rocks and the car got stuck the rain came down BTS started surrounding me uh, they started dragging me down to the underworld and just like the car got wrecked it just instantly like rusted out and was too damaged to drive anymore oh. I ended up like struggling flopping like a cod on the on the ground and I eventually got away lost all the cargo, like it got knocked off my back and the, the truck got destroyed, so all the cargo that was in the truck just got scattered around the landscape. But I ran away, you know, rolled down the hill, fell down, got hurt, you know like I was in shit shape. Shoes got wrecked, I think, you know, got you know ran away, came back when it stopped raining. the the wreck of the car was still there. The packages were fucked up, but they were like scattered in the ground. so I came back and, and I realized I couldn't take them all. Like the truck was carrying so much I could only carry like a fraction of what the truck was carrying. So I I came back and picked up the most important stuff, but I had to leave like this giant load of stuff behind. So, I mean, that was kind of like a moment of where I was like, fuck, you know, I got spanked on that one. I mean, I survived, I didn't get killed, but I got spanked and I'm looking at this gear and I can't take it. I literally can't take it because it's too heavy. So that was kind of like a hard lesson, but also in a way, like it was like a cool moment of where I was kind of just faced with what do I do? Like I got to make the best of a bad situation. There's literally nothing else I can do right now except for... Keep walking and just pick up whatever I can carry, and I gotta leave the rest behind. Even though it totally makes me crazy that I'm losing all this loot, there's literally nothing else I can do.
1: Right? It's not. It's like not being like uh, other video games. You're like, I'm good at the video game. It's it. You know, it takes out of the equation. It's like it doesn't matter how good you are at something. Like you could be maybe smart about how you you know um, put your cargo on your back or something, but like all that shit can fuck it up in a second.
0: Oh, in a blink of an eye, like you can lose all that shit, and like. It, it, like you said, like you can be good at games, and games often will give you a ch- a shot or a chance. You can redo things, but in that moment, it was like literally nothing I could do. You have no fucking choice. You cannot save this moment. You cannot emerge, the hero of this moment. All you can do is limp back to base with your tail between your legs and like a fraction of the stuff you were carrying, and you just got to move on with your life. And like that's yeah. a pretty cool moment. It didn't feel good at the time, but like you know, looking back on it, I'm like that was a pretty cool moment, and it's it's nice that they. I felt like I learned something from that situation. You know, I took something away from that situation. So well, that let's, was...
1: step, let's, let's step back for a minute. Do we think that this is kind of like, you know, it's like a life simulator, right?
0: In a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I think there's a lot of lessons here. In fact, okay, so put a pin in that because I feel like there's something that we really need to come back to, but that's a whole separate discussion. Let's put a pin in that for like okay. one second. But yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, before we do that, I did want to talk about. The online social system. So you mentioned sharing with people to build a road and signs and stuff. Do you want to, you want to dive into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's such a cool idea. I still don't understand it. <laughs> Again, like many of the systems here, I have a little bit of an understanding, but I'll... Um, I don't think I'll, anybody understands everything all
0: the way. No no way. There's yeah. a lot of mysteries in this game still.
1: I'll toss to you after I give you some ideas or give the listeners some ideas. But in general, once you... Uh, you're trying to, again, hook up the rest of the world or America, um, get them online, get them their AOL disc and uh, <laughs> and get them rolling. And once you do that, you all of a sudden see other players and kind of what they're doing in that area, which is putting down ladders, uh, building bridges, putting signs up. And you don't see them, right? Like you don't see those players. It's just you see no. their their efforts, but not them. Yeah. You see the, what they put down for uh, themselves and for you because now that you connected the network, you can see that whole area, not the whole map, but just that area that you connected. And it's not a ton either. I don't know how they're doing it behind the scenes because it's not the everybody playing the video game because that would be too much shit, but they do it some sort of like a, like a multiplayer shooter kind of session way, right? Where it's like, I don't know, I see maybe 30 or 40 things show up. Is that what you see? Yeah, and so, like, give the, give the listeners an example. Like,
0: if like what do you see that pops up? Or, like, how does it differ between before you have the network on and then after the network? Like, what differences do you notice? Like, give me a concrete example.
1: Well, actually, in the very beginning, they do kind of a fake one. So they, they show a, a bridge built or a ladder somewhere, and they say it's by a person, but it's not by an actual someone who played the video game. It's just by, the, like, an AI to show you the kind of things you can do. You can put down a bridge or build a generator for something, and then... Other people will see that later on. So once you connect the network, the map just kind of shows up for a minute and you can see a bridge that's over this river. You can see a ladder that's up on the mountain somewhere. And not all the things you see are helpful because people are people. And either A, they're going to try to grief you, which sometimes you see a bridge or like a ladder that goes to nowhere um, because that can happen. But for the most part, they're pretty positive, uh, like signs that say you can do it, or yeah, things that can help you out on the map.
0: Yeah. So um, I don't know if you noticed or not. I didn't even notice this until yesterday. And keep in mind, I've been playing this game for like thirty hours. So I think I played probably twenty nine hours and didn't realize this. But some of those little so so what happens is you're right, Carlos. People can leave structures. Um, God, it's, it's so it's so difficult to explain without somebody actually playing it, and there is a lot to it. But so, like, like for example, like if you're crossing a river, you can cross a river, um, and what you can do is you can build a, little, like a tiny little like ladder bridge that goes across the river, and that's for you, and you can walk across it. You don't have to go through the water. You cross and just get onto your, your, your place. Once you connect up the network, other players will be able to see the bridge that you left there, and then they can use it. And when they use it, it sends you like a little like, which is like the game's experience points. Um, they can also leave little messages for you. If anybody's played Dark Souls, if you know what it was like when, when players left messages for you on the ground you could you could see those and sometimes it was really helpful sometimes it was like a trick uh but in in death stranding all the messages almost all the messages have some kind of like effect to them too like there's this one message that says like keep on keeping on and one's like yeah keep going and if you touch that it actually refills your stamina so like not only is it like positive uh, reinforcement mentally
1: i did not know that i didn't
0: realize that until 29 hours in but if you touch that thing it actually gives you a tangible gameplay benefit of somebody giving you a prop but also it helps you because you literally get more stamina when you touch that thing so there's reasons to leave those and if you're on a really tough if you're on a really tough slope for example like a really hilly rocky mountain slope you see these signs that people have left behind you that say don't stop keep going you can make it and that seems cool and you're like yeah whatever but when you touch those things they are actually giving you a gameplay benefit that literally helps you to actually make it up the hill so it's like on multiple levels, right? Mentally, they're saying, yes, you can do it. Don't give up. On a physical level, they are giving you more stamina that will let you get up the hill. So it's like people like positively reinforcing each other, I think, is a pretty cool fucking system. Yeah, um, that is. Yeah. And seeing those things um, left from other players is great. I was, uh, I was crossing a river yesterday. Um, I had to get some packages that were the very, very deep ravine. And there was a waterfall and the water was fucking deep and I couldn't cross it. And I saw that there were a bunch of little like thumbs up signs like way down the river a little bit. So I went over there and it was like the one only place in the river that was shallow enough to cross. Other people had found it and it had left like a thumbs up sign showing that I could cross through there. And so when I got about halfway through the river, I started getting like really low on stamina. But because they had left those signs there, it kept giving me little bursts of stamina. So it kind of gave me enough power to power through the river. Fucking awesome, dude. Like, it's so so cool. Yeah, it's super fucking cool. So I love, I love that feeling. But you can also help each other build things, right? Now, you s- explain about the roads, Carlos, because c- taking roads requires a lot of materials. And you were contributing, is that right?
1: Yeah, there's these little, um, I think they're just called like road making. No, that's not what they're called. I don't know what they're <laughs> called. Road making devices. And uh, essentially, you can open it up and dump in any resources you have. And there's like a total. So it needs like 300 metal and 200 resin and whatever. And so whatever you have on you, you can kind of contribute to that road. And I did that early on, and I had never even seen a road in the beginning. Like, when you first start, you won't see them. And so I just saw one of those things. I was like, I could have all this extra metal. I'll just give it to this thing. And then later in the game, I was just somewhere else, not near that road. And it comes up, and it lets you know when people use your things, which is really cool. So it says, like – Person A or whatever, just use your road. Here's a bunch of likes. I was like, my road? What did I? Do? I didn't do anything. And I went back, and it was built because a bunch of people had done what I did, and they put a bunch of stuff into the resources, and it got made. So now every time people use that, I get likes for it. Uh, and it's so cool because yeah, like if you have a bike and you have a road, you feel like a badass. Or even if you're just walking, and it'll cover a huge area. So it, it does seem like a lot of resources, though. Um, but I guess it makes sense because it's it's usually a large stretch of road.
0: Yeah, the roads are pretty big. They're really beneficial, and it's cool that a lot of people can contribute. Like you contributed some in my game. I started off a road. I got it about two thirds done, and I ran out of resources. And I'm like, fuck it. I don't want to just grind for resources or whatever. I'm just gonna just I'm just gonna hoof it the rest of the way. And then I came back like the next day. Other people had seen that it was two thirds done, and they had contributed to it and had finished off the road. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. And now I get to ride my my motorcycle on it, and that's fucking yeah. really cool. Um, so I think that the, the online integration of that system is amazing. But there's a system that's even deeper than that, which I don't believe Kojima had talked about beforehand. Or maybe he did, but he's being kind of coy about it. This is the thing that we're gonna, we're about to talk about right now that I think, to me, is literal genius. Literal genius. And I don't say that often. I don't say that lightly.
1: I don't think he's ever said that ever, ever I don't on think a I've, podcast I don't with me. I've,
0: I don't think I've never said it with you. I don't think I've even said it on this show. Maybe maybe I'm trying to think of what else I would have said to you this is like this is true genius and regardless of what your feelings are on Hideo Kojima where you think he's great or whether you think he's a hack or whatever you have to admit this dude has done some shit like he brought it with this game and it did not appear in many of the early reviews and I feel like a lot of those early reviewers either had no way to know what he was doing or they just hadn't played enough the game hadn't been out long enough but what happens is, and I didn't even figure this out until like maybe like yesterday, the day before. So like twenty hours into the game before this dawns on me, right? So what?
1: You're happens gonna blow is, my mind again. You're gonna blow my mind again. I know you are.
0: If you've been watching my Twitter, then you know what I'm gonna say. But I'm gonna say it anyway. So what happens is, I was in the in chapter three, which to me is like a pain in the ass because there's a lot of cliffs, there's a lot of um, crevices you can fall down, there's a lot of vertical surfaces, and there's a lot of rocks. There's rocks all over the fucking place. They're like ankle busters. You can't get a motorcycle over them. You trip on them all the fucking time. They're slippery and shit. It's a pain in the ass to get over these rocks. So I was struggling with this terrain. Struggling and struggling and struggling and struggling. And, uh, you know, I do a couple deliveries. I just tough it out. I just get where I'm going. Whatever. Just fuck it. Just get there. Come back the next day. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is the exact spot that I was cursing yesterday. And there is less rocks. There is a footpath the the very place that i was stumbling and falling down upon breaking my shins on is now a very smooth walk because i walked through it first and in this game um the game kind of tracks the the path that you take through the landscape uh after i walked that path the rough way the first time that information got sent up to the network and other people can see that as well and so if they choose to walk your path that the game takes that information and then extrapolates that and the more people that took the path that you took and follow in your footsteps it carves a footpath in the actual landscape of where you were so that the more people cooperate the more people that share in the traveling it makes the traveling easier for everyone so like literally the place that i was getting pissed off at and falling down at and ruining packages at within like 24 hours other people had seen my path had followed my path and when i came back there were no rocks, it was a smooth walk, I wasn't tripping, like, it was, it was carved into the landscape, and it was, like, made easier, so, like, this kind of recapitulates on the themes that I think that he is projecting, working together, working together makes things easier, like, we all cooperate, it's better for everyone, this is, like, a real-time concrete example of the themes being reflected in the actual, literal gameplay mechanics, and on a deeper level than I've ever seen anybody do it before, I mean, we've seen reactive AI, we've seen We've seen drops changing depending on how a player is doing, but I've never seen any game ever. And, and if you can think of something, please let me know. I have never seen a game literally change itself in real time based on player feedback to where if you come to this place, like in the future, it will be an easier climb for you because so many people have gone before. Like the literal landscape is changing. I've never yeah. seen that in a game before, ever. I think,
1: I think the only time it might happen in a, in a sense, but not in the same way, is like an MMO Right. So I remember playing Ultima Online, one of my favorite MMOs ever. And like us all kind of cooperatively, you know, working to make this castle like better and filling it in with furniture and, you know, kind of watching something grow over time. But that's it's different. I mean, this is like this is crazy. Um, Uh, Yeah. I mean,
0: that to me is the genius part of like he's actually found a way through gameplay to totally build upon like the themes of the game and like the meta themes that he's building on. I mean, that is, that's genius level shit. Like that's not something that anybody can just do.
1: Now the path though, is that just like a dirt path? Like a, like kind of a a dirt path, right? Is what happens. Exactly.
0: It becomes, it, it, you know, like the area started out was pure rocks, nowhere to go. And then after a day or two, there's like less rocks. And then all of a sudden there's like a dirt path, you know? And if you go back and look at the map, you can see that that map has gotten bigger and bigger because more people have chosen to take that path. So, I mean, that to me was fucking incredible. I, I've never seen a game do that before.
1: Yeah. So, there, yeah, I think the, the the genius, like you said, thing is that there's so many things and systems in this game that reinforce positive behavior, Absolutely. which is Absolutely. all what I love. And I'm all about positivity uh, working together, but not in a ham fisted way, because, like you said, you didn't even know you were working together. But then now you do. And it might even change how you do things, right, how you're going to approach this game. And then there's the mode which I don't understand, and I want to talk about for a quickly minute, is the co-op of sharing deliveries. There's like this, there's like three different ways you can share getting a package to somewhere. Like you can just be like find something, put it in a locker, and go. You know what? I'm gonna let someone else like finish this and bring it to wherever. But I don't know how they find them, and then I don't know. You get rewarded right away for just like putting it in there and saying, hey, someone else do it, which is kind of weird to me that you just get rewarded for just like basically saying someone else do it. But I guess you are picking it up off the ground and bring it over to a post box. So I don't know how that works. And then there's also some other sort of like you can ask people for help on things. And I don't understand either of those aspects, really.
0: Yeah. I mean, with the the requesting thing, you can um, it depends on what level you're at. The higher level, the more stuff you can ask for. But like, like, for example, like that road. If I go to this road and I don't have enough stuff to do it, you can um, go to your menu and you can put like an ask. It looks like a picture of two hands put together like you're kind of praying, like you're like asking for help kind of a thing. And you can put down, you can pick what resource you want. So if you like low on like ceramics, so I seem to be always low on ceramics for some reason, you can put a little sign that says, hey, please donate ceramics. And anybody walking by sees that in their own game. And if that one makes sp- sense to me. Yeah. yeah, if they got spare ceramics, you're like, oh, this guy needs ceramics. I'll, I'll go get some, or I got a bunch that I don't need. And you can donate, which I think is pretty cool. So I don't, I don't do it a lot, but I should actually do it more. I kind of forget that it's there because i would be said a thousand times so far. There's like so many fucking mechanics in this game. It's easy to forget entire systems sometimes because there's so many other systems, just like systems on top of systems. But the other thing, um, so like, as, okay, so like as, as, as the game, the, the basic loop is you start off at a base. They give you a, pack, a package to take somewhere. You head to your goal. But along the way, you will often find packages that other people have dropped or that are just like randomly there. Maybe somebody got caught by a BT and their package drops and they don't get to salvage it or whatever. If you find those along the way, you can pick those up and it'll say, you know, who originally had it, where it goes. And if you take it to where it was supposed to go, you get the most points for that. But sometimes it's like out of your way. And sometimes, I mean, I don't know about you, dude, but I'm like... A to A to B. I'm just going where I'm going. That's where I'm going. I'm not going. If to make something's a-
1: out of your way in this game, it's out of your way.
0: It's really fucking out of your way. It's yeah. like a, you know, sometimes you're talking an hour in real time out of your way. Like I don't go that far out of my way. But if you do find one of those things, um, you can drop it off in. You can drop it off at where you're going. They have like this generic uh, mailbox drop-off thing, or there's other little mailboxes scattered around the ground. You can just drop it off. And for simply picking it up off the ground and getting it out of the rain. You get points for that and then that package will stay in that mailbox and anybody else who is walking by can stop at that mailbox and be like oh what's up in this mailbox what packages need to be delivered and if they want to they can pick it up and then take it where it goes or take it to another mailbox so So they
1: can do it for you but you're you like you said you're getting it out of the rain yeah so it doesn't time fall away
0: yeah so you can get points for saving it from the, the elements and then points for delivering and you can also do that too like you can go to any mailbox and if you go to claim cargo, it'll show you a list of all the random packages that are in the wrong location that people have picked up. You know, other people have gotten them out of the rain and you can take any of those packages and you can deliver all of them if you want to. And you get a bunch of points for doing it. I mean, to me, that's a whole lot of like extra work that I don't really want to do right now. But like if you're like in post game and you're bored or you just really want to grind some XP or something, if you deliver those uh, homeless packages, uh, that's a lot of it's a lot of work and it's a lot of points if you do it.
1: I know, I feel like I need to do it more now. I feel, I'm feel i feeling guilty for not doing it enough. But um, also, another thing we didn't mention, but there's all these little interesting extras uh, on how you deliver stuff. So, like, how fast you deliver it, how much is not damaged on the package. And I found out even things like, if you deliver to a mountain area, you get extra likes, because it's, like, difficult to do that shit. And then they, yeah, they said there's so many different little optional uh reasons why you might get more likes based on what you're doing where you're bringing it and how you did it
0: absolutely and um i don't really engage with it much but there's also a challenge system where if someone says oh i want you to deliver this you know xyz package across the map and you uh you've got a time limit of like uh, an hour or whatever you can actually like kind of like counter bid and you'd be like no i'm a badass with this i can get it there in 20 minutes instead of an hour and if you do it you get like triple the points for doing it. So like if you are really, really good and you know the route really well or you've got the right tools to get you there. I mean, that was kind of one reason why I set up those zip lines because there was a guy who needed a pizza delivered in an hour. And I'm like, that is a really long haul. I don't know that I can make it in an hour. But if I set up 94 million zip lines across the ground, I can get there in 10 fucking minutes. And I delivered that pizza in 10 fucking minutes, uh, 50 minutes ahead of the goal. And I got like buku points for that because it was just like, he's like, oh my God. You got here so fast. Like, it's the wait, pizza's still hot. Wait it's a amazing. minute.
1: Was it really a pizza?
0: Yeah, it was literally a pizza, dude. And good. you got to keep it flat, too. Like, you can't, can't turn the pizza oh on its side. Oh, my
1: goodness, because the cheese will go all over the place. Yep.
0: They're like, they're like, don't you dare turn that thing sideways. It's going to be a mess. You got to keep it flat. So you got to keep it flat, and you got to get it there hot. And me and my zip lines, dude, I got that motherfucker delivered, and that guy was like, he couldn't have been happier.
1: Good, good on you, but that brings up one topic that is a small problem I have, is that this whole situation is you know, pretty dire. There's like the life, death, BTs. You got a baby strapped to your chest. You know, you're just trying to make it uh, save the America, you know, connect everybody, save the world. And then they're like, yeah, could you bring this necklace and this champagne and like some underwear over to my friend? Like, fuck off with that (laughs) shit. Like that should not be part of the storyline. Like I'm not going to be, I'm not going to apologize for that anger I have towards it. I think that's, out of place, and probably the only thing that's out of place, because like I, the first time I saw Cargo and looked at its, its contents, it made sense. It was like, oh, you need to bring some medicine to this like facility. No shit, this is a, the apocalypse, right? Everyone's hurt and sick. And then the next one was like hey, some boots, and that kind of made more sense. And then the next one was underwear, and I was like, well, now we're getting pretty deep <laughs> into it. And then it turns into wine and pizza. So, you know, I don't it takes me out a bit a little bit
0: uh, i i totally get you the first time i saw the pizza i rolled my eyes but to be fair most of the ones that are silly like the pizza or the underwear or there's a couple there's a some cosplayer who needs some cosplay supplies most of those are optional so you don't have to do most of those if you stick okay. to just the mainline episodes they're usually like you said they're usually like necessary medicine or right. uh, in one you're delivering like sperm cells and egg cells because the population is in danger of uh inbreeding and so you've got to bring some fresh genetic material so these people can survive and you know most of the ones that are they're the main lineups are just like you know serious stuff but there is there is goofy stuff i mean this is a hideo kojima game he's famous for having a little bit of goofiness in his in his game so uh, yeah i don't begrudge him that i i I do those though i do the ones that will give me the rewards because there's a lot of perks you can get if you really dig into this game there's tons of stuff you can get did you get the um the otter hood have you seen that
1: otter hood no i don't know what that is oh it's, no yeah i do yeah the conan thing right yeah 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 if yeah, you go yeah. to
0: that if you go there's so there's a there's depending on what clothes you're wearing they each have little perks so like you go to see uh i mean yeah it ends up being conan o'brien i mean i hope nobody feels that's a spoiler because it's weird that he's there i don't know why he's even he mistaken. said it on his show did he say it on his show yeah I did yeah, not yeah. Care yeah. So. Okay.
1: yeah he showed it on his so show.
0: he's in, he plays as a cosplayer and he's wearing an, a hood that looks like an otter's face and he gives it to you and he's like yeah yeah it's an otter face put it on and you can put it on so, like, whenever it rains, this little hood pops up and you've got this otter head on your head. But not only does it look goofy, if you fall into water, it actually makes you a better swimmer. So, like, you can recover faster. And if you get swept away by the current, you can actually get make it back to shore. Oh, so, right. there's other things like that where if you do the goofy <laughs> missions, you usually get, like, a new gun or you get a new a new thing for your backpack. I got this stuff where you can uh, have extra pouches on your backpack so you don't have to carry it on your as a box you can like stash it and it takes up less room so like it makes you more efficient so if you do the goofy stuff there's usually a reward for it
1: right right yeah to, to round out this social aspect i don't think i can uh, ask you because i don't even know what it is but there is another uh, share the work kind of responsibility thing that i don't get it's neither the things that we just said do you know of another one another system in the game yeah that's because i just got shown it today Because I'm like rank, I'm pretty high up in rank. I kept getting like S awesomes, like Mm -hmm. S awesomes and everything. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, um, I don't know, elite mover or something. And my XP is 100 something or whatever. And and yeah, I I had this new thing show up. And it's like, now now you can ask people for help, but um, have them do the whole thing for you or something. Like a whole shipment. I don't know.
0: Uh, I think you're, you know, I know what you're talking about that's one of the systems i have not engaged with um there's also the strand contracts have you done the contracts at all
1: no that's another
0: one that i haven't done a lot with um it's it's like really peripheral but i know the one you're talking about i don't know enough about that particular system to talk about it but there's another system where you can select people that you like and then you will start seeing their stuff show up more often on your map so if you've got favorite players that you You know, if you notice a guy is always putting a rope in a good spot or there's always like a bridge that's in the right spot, you're like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. And you want to see more from that guy, you can click on that guy in one of the menus. It's kind of buried deep somewhere. You click on that guy and it'll be like, oh, yeah, you'll see his stuff more often. So that's one of the peripheral social things that I don't really mess with that often. And the one that you're talking about, I can't even respond to because I know it exists, but I haven't done much with it.
1: Which is so cool though, right? Like that's just another buried system that we're like, okay, I'll get to that at some point and it will maybe make me like the game in a different way. Yeah. I will say this too, it's also very beautiful. It's very barren, but that's by design. Uh, but like the first time you go to a new area, let's just say without spoiling, and it's quite different, and uh, there's a really big building you're walking around and it's at night, it's pretty amazing. Like it really feels cool to be in that kind of a weird different setting, uh, and Hideo does a really good job of that. So overall, man, I am, I'm smitten with the game, I get a little frustrated sometimes because something goes wrong or, you know, I lose a package, but it just makes me want to do it again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am. I am with you. I like I said at the beginning of this segment, I was walking into this game expecting it to be a shit show, uh, at least a minor shit show. And I've come away with like an all new respect uh, for Kojima. I mean, it's 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 been no secret. And we've talked about it on the show many times. Corey and I have talked about it many times that he wanted to be done with Metal Gear a long time before he was. And I think that really showed. Um, and now that he's been given free reign to do what he wants, I think what he's made is pretty fucking awesome. I was not ready to like it as much as I do, but I do think it's actually pretty amazing. Not for everybody. I mean, I've read some reviews where they're just like, they seem so impatient and they just can't see the good in it because of whatever reason. Um, and also if you go to game critics, uh, we have two reviews up right now Uh, Mike Susky did a second opinion which I feel like I'm pretty much in line with he he really likes the game a lot and I think that uh, Mike and I are on the really on the same like love boat uh, towards this game but the main review was done by Jared Johnston he did not like the game very much at all Uh, he did not like how combat kind of took a back seat he did not like a lot of the um, the storyline and so I mean this game is not for everybody I I don't think that everybody's going to like this game especially if you're like somebody who wants to um i mean i hate to bring it up but i mean you saw that that quote from kojima right about why some of the reviews were low did you see that mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean he kind of uh made a little bit of splash by saying that americans are too uh you know like we have different tastes and he said that because this is not a shooter i'm paraphrasing by the way uh, you can look up the quote yourself but he basically said that you know europeans get it and a lot of americans don't get it because it's not about shooting it's not about guns it's it's about something else and i i kind of think he's right like i don't think he's wrong um and i think that's kind of reflected i mean i think that uh if you're somebody who wants a lot of fast action, if you want to get in, get out, and you know have high-octane thrills, this is not that game. But if you are looking for something that's, I mean, <laughs> pun intended, I guess, off the beaten path, and you want something that's a little bit different, this game brings it. And, and, and apart from all that, I think the social integration... And the way that the world changes in response to player feedback, fucking incredible shit. That is next level stuff,
1: dude. Well, and it also like shines a light in the direction of for developers, right? Absolutely. It says, hey, look what you can do, you know? And you know what? You could do a game like this and a head shooting if you really want it, you know, or... Like, like, again, there is some shooting in this game, so it's just not the level or not right away. It's more of a slow burn and, and, and getting new systems uh, put in place. But, yeah, people could look at this uh, design and the way that social shares work. I mean, there's like eight systems we just talked about. They can take one of them, you know, and one. I yeah. think all of them feel unique and innovative. And then also, again, to the kind of where we are right now as a society – like it speaks to this idea of coming together and positivity in a way that doesn't feel too heavy handed. Uh, it just feels like, oh, yeah, well, this is what I have to do in this video game. Uh, and it makes me feel good when I do it. Like I feel good by playing the game, you know? And yeah, agree, the, agree. The, the, the BTs are kind of like the metaphor for neg- ne- negativity. It's like, oh, this is um, the darkness. It doesn't want me to get my thing done, but I'm going to work hard like we said, life simulator, and I'm gonna do the things I need to do and plan, and holy shit, I did it, you know? And uh, there's nothing that's out there like that in a video game.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, similar to the way that Dark Souls, even if people didn't like Dark Souls, there's no denying that Dark Souls was really influential, and a lot of games took away a lot of lessons from that. I mean, I think you'd probably make the same argument with um, Breath of the Wild. I think a lot of people are kind of trying to do a lot of what Breath of the Wild did, I feel like whether you like it or not, I feel like Death Stranding legitimately brought something honestly new to the table. That's not an easy thing to do, and um, I think that people will be taking some lessons from this in terms of the positivity, like you mentioned, which I think is absolutely refreshing. In terms of putting the focus on something other than combat, uh, in terms of the online integration and aggregating the player data to like to in, to affect the world, the literal world itself. There's a lot of, of big ticket items here that I think could be put to use in other contexts. So. Whether you like Death Stranding or not, I think there's no arguing that this is going to leave a footprint on video games for some time to come.
1: Pun intended, number two. Boom, working overtime. Dude, over time. two puns in that, and I want to say two last things. One, Go for it. Um, let me reiterate: there's definitely combat in this game. There is, right? And I actually like when you kind of do like a finishing blow on somebody; it like kind of goes slow motion and stuff, and it feels really good. Like it's it, satisfying. It's very satisfying. So again, I take out some of those camps just because I want to have a little bit of that in my life or feel like I have control, you <laughs> know, cause I feel like, feels good, man. <laughs> well, oh, no, it's not that it's, 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 it's kind of like this. It's actually that, um, bouncing it out a bit. Right. So I spend what an hour and a half in real time, like trying to make up this Hill and, you know, get down the other side of it with oil all over me. And then I find a small camp that I can easily take out all the dudes in I'm going to do that just to kind of balance it out and feel like I have power again.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. That's
1: why I do it. But the, the question for you and my closing remark is where the fuck can I find another bike? <laughs> Cause my first one is gone and destroyed and what, what and where,
0: If you keep doing the main story missions, you will eventually just be able to make them. You can fabricate them anywhere you want to.
1: Oh, I can't fabricate them yet. That's why. Okay. Keep going
0: a little bit further from where you're at. And about halfway through Chapter 3, give or take, they'll be like, oh, yeah, BT Dubs, you can actually make these now. So then as long as you have the resources, you can make one at any of the larger bases. Not the small teeny tiny bases, but the bigger bases you can make. Oh, that's so cool. So you'll eventually be able to make anything you need.
1: Another reason for me to go back into it tonight for, I don't know, two hours.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to get some more in tonight. That's for sure. So, folks, that was Death Stranding. Um, I don't. I mean, I guess, Carlos, you feel like you're going to go the distance on this one?
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. And what's great about, like we said earlier, is that we don't have to do it right away. And I'm not, like, expecting to. Right? I'm playing um, some games you'll hear about in games coming soon. And, you know, I'm playing it alongside those. Yeah. I mean, that's really the... Uh, that's really the curse of having
0: a good game that's a long game. I mean, that kind of happened to me with Witcher and with a couple other games recently where they're high quality games that I really love and I 100% want to finish them. But it's death for a podcast because if I'm spending all my time on the same game that I talked about for three episodes in a row, I don't have any new content. And so I got to play something else, which makes me finish the first game slower because I'm balancing my time. It's, uh, I mean, a total first world problem here. I don't mean to sound like, you know, like whining about playing too many video games, but... I totally want to finish this, like 100%. Like, I'm going to finish this for sure. But now it's like, OK, well, I got to do my two missions a day. And then I got to play something for the show. So I don't know. We'll yeah. see how it goes.
1: And that's the thing is we you can play this game in little settings. You, you you start feeling like when you get a new system, you're like, oh, I want to use that. But you don't have to. And it, it, it's pretty good with saving. Like, you can save it most places. Um, so yeah, you can save it kind of wherever you are in general. Absolutely. So,
0: Which I appreciate. I appreciate so, Yeah all right let's leave it there for now um final thought is that ziplines are the shit get ziplines asap um let's move on though we've got a couple of the games to cover uh although that is going to be the biggest chunk of our show carlos um we usually do your random steam game at the beginning but you know of course we just talked about uh death training for like an hour and a half or whatever uh let's get look let's let's flip the script now let's talk about random steam game again i never know what these are it's always a surprise what what dollar ninety nine jam <laughs> did you find in Steam this week?
1: Ah, touche. I have a free game. Oh, it's a
0: free okay. even
1: better. Even better. But it's also a demo, so it's kind of cheating. Okay. Uh so it's called the Autumn Town Demo of the game Garden Story.
0: Oh, and Garden Story. Okay, I've heard about this one. Yeah, tell us about
1: it. It's by Pico or Pico Graham, Picogram or Picogram. I'm P-I-C-O-Gram. And it's a small little demo that showcases this game. And the game is pixel art 2D, um, you know, top-down view, old-school Zelda. And here is the description from its page. Garden Story is a social simulator adventure RPG that emphasizes helping the community. Huh? Interesting. We just talked about this. Ah, themes returning on the show. Check this out. Traverse a broken island, protect its inhabitants, and solve mysteries while making friends with a fruity cast of characters. A because, fruity
0: cast of characters? Because
1: you're, you're a grape. You're conquered <laughs> the grape.
0: <laughs> you're a grape.
1: Yeah. It's a garden story. You're in a garden, you know? Okay,
0: okay. I yeah. thought maybe you were like the gardener, but I guess you could. Okay, oh, I'm no, with no, you. No. I'm with you.
1: Literal, like, tomatoes as friends kind of thing. Okay. So it's got very much Animal Crossing vibes, yet it's, you know, 2D pixel art. Um Again, that top-down three-quarter view. It's got Stardew Valley. It's got Harvest Moon. It's got all that feel. And you can attack with your little mini sword. And then you can also have many, many other items that will do different things. But it's interesting because it is about going into this island and connecting things up. And I was like, holy crap, I just played a game like this, The Death Stranding. So, yeah, it's simple. You're a grape. You're named Concord, which is hilarious to me. You can break stuff. You can cut grass. You can get resources. You have a power meter that has a kind of cooldown on your, you know, attack. When you go to sleep, by the way, your arms and legs go away, and you look just like a little grape, and it's adorable. Ah. <laughs> uh, I think all the animals are animals. I just said animals. I think all the vegetables and fruits do that same thing, where they kind of they lose their like uh, body when they go to sleep. Anyways, it's a relaxing thing. It's obviously free right now because they want to get people in the door and say, "Hey, this is what we're building," and it's really smart to make this a demo because I'm instantly in. Like you, just if you like Animal Crossing, at all or Harvest Moon, uh, you're gonna like this. It's just fun, simple little characters, really easy. Um, it's actually nice because I went from Death Stranding and played this, and they were both had a certain feel of like just. Going and exploring areas and, um, you know, getting resources and stuff like that. But at the same time, you do fight more in this game than in Death Stranding. Which is because
0: weird because you're a grape.
1: You're a grape, but, you know, grapes have problems. Uh, there's rot in the game, which is funny because it kind of reminded me of the oil and the dark darkness in Death Stranding. So there's rot everywhere and the rot turns into and manifests itself into like monsters you have to fight. Uh, is it is it more of a is
0: it more of like an old school Zelda like? I know you mentioned Animal Crossing. Is it more like a like a Stardew Valley like? What what like mechanically? What does it feel like? To you? Is it kind of like a top down sort of thing like Zelda, or what's it like?
1: Yeah, it's it's Legend of Zelda old school with Animal Crossing. So that's it. It's a it's a perfect mixture. You have a little board. People give you jobs, and then you're trying to reconnect this island, and you're fighting little monsters and you're getting resources. Uh, and again, I'm not very far into it. It's a demo, and I just kind of started it. But you can tell the the loop is going to be go talk to funny characters, hear their funny stories, they say funny things, uh, help them out, get resources, build things, and fight little monsters. And, I mean, it's relaxing.
0: Is this something that would work on the Switch?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. I hope they do that. Um, Again, this is the demo on Steam. So, hopefully... I could research but we don't do that in the show no we don't um i think that this would be perfect for uh switch and i just don't know when they're looking to release it but man this demo gets you in the door if you like those games i just mentioned you're you're gonna love this it's like nice and relaxing and great
0: excellent that does sound pretty fun i will not play it on pc because i don't play anything on pc but if they do bring it to the switch uh i will definitely check it out that sounds like something i would really enjoy
1: I play um, with my controller on the PC too, so it is actually still relaxing. I, you know, controller makes it nice. Right on, right on.
0: All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, I want to give a quick couple of words to a game that I actually love. I love this game, and I, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of known as like the more pessimistic of the two of us, uh, but I do love some games, and I love a game that's good. And this is a game that is good, and I love it. It's called door kickers action squad i admit that is not the best title it's kind of a shitty title i think it's not very fun not very descriptive i guess you don't really know what's going on uh door kickers action squad is a 2d side i mean not really side scrolling i mean it is kind of side scrolling but you're not going from just left to right i mean you kind of go through these 2d levels you play members of a SWAT team you can play co-op if you want to i'm only playing solo uh and there are i think like eight different SWAT team members one guy is like a like a guy with like an m16 one guy has got like a shotgun one guy's got like a big riot shield there's like a lady who's got a pistol and a knife there's like an off-duty cop who's got like uh who like got surprised or something so he's walking around in like his underwear and i mean so there's like a variety of different characters they each have their own little special abilities and powers and You can customize them. They each have uh, loadouts that you can have, and then there are skill points you can assign that will give them little different perks. And what you do is you get dropped into a level, and each level, uh, there's a variety of different flavors. Most of the time, you're rescuing hostages. Uh, Sometimes you're just killing all the bad guys. Sometimes there's a boss level. Sometimes there's a a time bomb you've got to defuse. There's a variety of different little levels, but each level is pretty short. I mean, usually no longer than 10 minutes per level. A lot of times way shorter than that, like five minutes, three minutes or something. And what you do is you drop in uh, with whatever character you like, and you can change them between levels if you want to. You can switch back and forth and you just go in. And like you just uh, it's like a side view of like houses usually. So like door kickers, the name comes from the fact that you're a SWAT person and very often you have to kick down a door. So sometimes you don't know what's on the other side of a door. And like you can knock, you can try to peek if you have uh, the gear for that. Or you can just kick it down and you kick down the door. And then it's like this tense situation. Who's in the next room? Is it a hostage? is it a bad guy is it a bad guy with a hostage who knows and so you're constantly going through these little micro situations where you have to really quickly evaluate what's going on shoot the bad guys don't shoot the hostages because you can shoot the hostages and just stay alive um it's very simple and straightforward but i have to say everything about this game is fucking like chef's fingers fucking spot on like it's perfect everything about this game is really perfectly done um I mean, the controls are super tight. They're very responsive. Feels good to play this. Uh, it's a tough game. It can be very tough at times, but it's fair. I don't ever feel like I got ripped off or like it wasn't my fault. Like if I died, it's because I fucked up something or I didn't read the situation right. Um, the skill points are really great because you can earn experience from going through levels. Even if you fuck up a level and either you didn't rescue all the hostages or maybe you just failed it and got killed, you still get experience for everything you did. So it never feels bad, right? Like even if you lose... You're still like, oh, okay, well, I leveled up at least once, and I can put some more skill points towards something. So that's good. I don't feel like it's like a total loss.
1: Yeah, I like that. That's a cool mechanic. Yeah,
0: it keeps you moving forward. You don't, you don't ever feel punished, which I think is great.
1: Wait, um, When you bust the door down, is it ever just a YouTuber? And it's like a, oh, God, no. he, got, he got swatted no. and it's a sad story.
0: That, no, that has not happened yet. I'm not, I don't know that it ever happens. I hope it doesn't happen, but if it does happen, it has not happened to me
1: yet. But I'm not making light of that. That's absolute bullshit and so stupid. No, and I agree. That, that, should that exists a, in the world.
0: That's. I mean, if that's not a felony, I think it might be a felony. If it, if it's not a felony, it should be a felony.
1: It should be. Yeah. It should be a that should be straight up. You are in trouble for doing that. That but is yeah.
0: not, none of about that is funny or cool. Agreed. Agreed. No. Um, but the rest of the systems are just as good. Uh, there's this one system where the, the more bad guys you kill and the more people you rescue, it gives you like a little um, power meter and then you have little perks. So like, let's say for example, you took a couple bullets, but you're not dead yet. Your body armor has taken some hits. If you've rescued enough people, you can cash in some of those points to get like more body armor, which keeps you going. It's like, it's a good incentive to keep you playing. Um, so you can get like more body armor. You can get some health kits. If you, you know, take some actual damage, you can get more ammo. And if you've got tons of points and you're playing really well, you're kicking ass and you just got so many, so many points you don't know what to do with them, each person has like a special ability that you can do, which is like a special power. The one that I like the most is you can call in um, sniper support. So like if you're in a room or you see a room that's full of bad guys and you're really worried that the hostage is going to get killed, if you've got enough points, you can call in the snipers and it picks three of those bad guys. Like, you know, you just see a little target appear above their head and somebody shoots them from off screen. And so it thins out the room for you, which makes it a lot easier to get in there. But you've mm. got flashbangs that'll confuse guys. You've got some different types of gear, you know, little little perks and stuff you can have. Everything about this game is really great. Like, it's bite-sized levels. You can level up your guys pretty easily. You never lose the experience. You can switch back and forth between guys. And some guys are definitely better for some levels than others. I mean, if you're doing a kill all the bad guys level, you definitely want, like, the shotgun guy. If you want to rescue hostages, you need somebody... That's more careful with their bullets. So, you want maybe a guy with a pistol or maybe the guy with the M16 who's got, like, you know, a more controlled kind of fire. Um, There's, you know, different types of attacks. There's different types of uh, movement per guy. Some guys are quieter. Some guys are more agile. It just feels like a really fucking well made game. Like, these guys have thought about it from all angles. But at the same time, it still retains a really fast action, high intensity kind of arcadey flavor that you can dip into, dip out of, and just do one or two levels really quickly and feel like you've made some progress. Uh, I just, everything about it is just great. It's a really well-designed game.
1: I have two questions. One, uh, so you fail a mission. Is it like meat boy where you can just start over really quickly?
0: Um, if you fail a mission completely, like if you get killed, uh, you go back to the menu and jump back into it. It's not like an instant thing, but it's like, you know, a couple seconds. It's not a big deal.
1: Okay. Okay. And then also I'm looking at some images of it and it seems like some of it's top down view, like hotline Miami.
0: I have not seen anything top down so far. It's only, okay. You, what you're looking at is the, the original one.
1: There is oh, there's okay. a previous
0: game called Just Door Kickers that is a top down. This is Door Kickers Action Squad. So it's I don't know if it's a sequel or just a reimagining or whatever, but this is it's solely 2D side view.
1: Yeah, I like the 2D better. I I've uh, have issues with that top down Hotline Miami style. I seem like I'm just really bad at it. Um, but you know, I grew up 2D. I mean, like 2D, I can do 2D till the cows come home. Same, same. And um, yeah, I'm really interested in this now.
0: I love this game, dude. I really, really love this game. This is a really fucking well-made game. All the decisions are really smart. It feels very fair and balanced. A lot of the perks are really good. Like, a lot of the choices are there to make sure that you keep playing, that you don't ever really feel like you got punished. You don't walk away from it, like, feeling terrible. Like, you always you gain something every time you play. And, and the pixel
1: art looks so good, too.
0: Yeah, the pixel art is really good. Um, I just, everything about this game is great, dude. I have zero complaints about this game. I think it's wonderful. There's also, um, just FYI, there's a, a mode. Like I said, there's co-op. I haven't done the co-op, but it's online or local. Uh, there's a mode where you can play it infinitely. There's like uh, randomly generated levels, so if you just want to get in and really test your skills to the max, um, you can do randomly generated levels, uh, and that's something that'll give you some extra replay. There's also a zombie mode, which I've tried a couple times. If you feel like you need more of a challenge, it gives you the exact same campaign that you play through in the normal mode, but zombies will like come through from portals from another dimension and randomly like eat serve, eat uh, hostages. Or they'll attack you or they'll attack other people. So it's kind of like this random like chaos factor in the levels. Mm. Uh, not super big on that. I mean, it's cool. But I'm still trying to just like work my way through the game campaign. And I don't really need like extra challenge right now. But it's there if you want it. I think it's a pretty neat idea. So there's a lot of content here. Uh, I think I bought it for, I want to say, $12. Super worth it. 100% worth it. Uh, nothing bad to say about this game I think it's wonderful it plays wonderful on the Switch I love it love this game this so much. is a
1: weird podcast because you really you said the word genius which is blowing me away and now you're saying this is a, just a, can't fault this game at all nothing wrong so with it dude. I don't nothing know what's wrong. gonna are we in Bizarro World what's happening
0: I mean next episode I'm gonna be taking a shit on everything
1: I'm <laughs> using should. up all my good everything. energy this episode it's gonna be the episode that's called Garbage Fire yeah it's like gonna be I trash, hate all games garbage you know. yeah. all
0: games are sucky yeah. watch out so yeah, it's I mean I I love a good game and it just so happened that the stars aligned and we're talking we're talking some really fucking good games on this podcast this week.
1: Door Kickers Action Squad. I'm putting it on my wish list. Ah,
0: love this game so much. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, let's move on, Carlos. Uh, one or two episodes ago, I talked about Reventure, which is a 2D again 2D indie. It's the game where it's kind of like a 2D Zelda like, but the, the hook to it is that there's all sorts of weird endings that you can discover. Um, I think it was last episode, and I apparently I sold you on it because you picked up the game and have been playing it, right?
1: This is the process. We're going to go through games, and hopefully you know, people listening will be like, yeah, okay, I agree with their, their assessment of that game, and I also want to pick it up, uh, but you'll also just do that to me, <laughs> and I'll be like, you know what? I am open to every game, so yes, I will play the game you talked about, Brad. I, I
0: apologize to your bank account in advance.
1: Oh, yeah. Some of them are free. Some are not, so... Um yeah, I paid for this one. I think what? Is it two dollars or something?
0: It's pretty cheap. Reventure was pretty cheap when I picked it up, so I mean yeah. you probably got it for cheap. But tell us uh tell us what you think. I sold you on it apparently last time we talked about it. Did you I scale you wrong? On it. Did I say No, you wrong
1: no, no, not at all. Um if anything, you say multiple endings. I'm in. Uh, I love the idea of like a game that can kind of go a lot of different places. I'll just tell a few things that happened in it. Um yes, I like it. Uh your your assessment was right. it's simple, fun. Um, really the hook is not to get from A to B and rescue said princess. It's more about, uh, and actively they want you to go a bunch of different ways and get a bunch of different endings. And the endings generally are like funny or bad and they're not necessarily good endings. But what I think is interesting is the endings are presented in two different ways. So let me show you about an example. Uh, the first one that you told me about is the first thing I did, of course, which was go find the person who gives you the sword and kill him. Uh, so you're like, thanks for the sword, buddy. Here, take it in your gut. Uh, and you do that. <laughs> and they're like really happy about you that you did that because you got an ending. And it's like, oh, I guess, you know, uh, I don't know that you got off parole or something. Like, you, you know, they're like, you did that thing, but it's okay. It didn't really matter. You went to prison for a while or whatever. Uh, and then another one, you fall down a pit and like, I tried to dig this area where you weren't supposed to dig and it goes, you shouldn't dig down here. And I go, that means there's an ending. So yes, I'm (laughs) going to dig down there. So I dug until I fell to my death and then I woke up in my bed or whatever. And it said it was a dream. So the all the, all the endings aren't necessarily like they really happened. You know, sometimes they just like explain it away. And then sometimes it did happen. Like there's this anvil that I found. Did you find the anvil?
0: Uh, no, I did not find the anvil.
1: There's an anvil and it hit me on the head. Of, of course. Of course it did. What else did it do? Because that's what it does. Yeah. That's what anvils do. And because it did, though, it ended my game. But also, I woke up in the next game and I had an anvil for a head. <laughs> so I was anvil head mode. And it did was it like. give you some powers or anything? No, I think I was heavier, so I couldn't jump as hard. Oh, as interesting, high. interesting. Uh, then another time, I found a guy who's... He was like, just a guy, and he's like, "Yeah, if you talk to me or something, you can change the palette of the whole game, like all the colors. And so because I found him, now anytime I play the game, I can change it to a different palette. Um, and then the most interesting one is, I did something. I killed... Oh, I killed a dragon, I think. And because I killed a dragon... Uh, and then probably promptly died afterwards. Now in my house, I'm not sure if it's because I killed the dragon, but I did something. And now in my house, when I start the game, I have a sword. So oh, normally okay. in this game, you've got to like go
0: and get all, the sword. Yeah.
1: All got find the sword, find that there's a shovel and find the shovel and I'm sure I can do something where the shovel will show up in my house next time if I do the right thing. But right now I have to go back to where the shovel is and find it again. So there's a, you know, it's a pretty big 2D map and you can dig in the game because there's definitely a shovel at some point. But some of the things you do have long lasting consequences. Like you can also just change your mode of what your character looks like. So I have anvil head mode and I can turn him on at the beginning or I can turn on different mode based on something that's happened in the story. Okay. And I'm thinking that you need those modes for certain things because if I'm heavier, I'm sure that's going to be that's some got sort some of puzzle. Kind
0: of advantage, I'm sure. Yeah, you yeah. must be correct.
1: So, man, it makes you like want to look at this map in a different way and you're like, I'm going to have to try every single thing that I can think of. And go different places. Like sometimes there's a house and there might be an attic because you see like a little window. Well, go in that window because there's probably a person in there and a whole other thing. So, man, this game's great. I mean, totally worth whatever it costs.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm glad that I turned you on to it. I know that most people who have played it have really, really liked it. And I didn't have time for it because I've been playing so much uh, Death Stranding, but I thought it was pretty neat. And it seems like if you're the kind of player who likes to push the boundaries and kind of explore and test and try things, it sounds like your jam.
1: Yeah. Oh, one more thing is, uh, you in the very beginning, pro tip, there's a rock you can trip over and die. <laughs> <laughs> like you can straight up like that's an ending you can like walk and you trip over the rock and it's like oh, you've always been klutzy you know and i don't know what you get for that i don't think that i don't think there's a lasting thing but it's hilarious that that's an ending
0: yeah tripping over rocks is pretty much the worst way you can go out in a video game so i think oh that's wait pretty...
1: that's how you go out in death stranding too you can, <laughs> wait, you can we go are... out yeah we're
0: making connections like just like uh sam porter bridges making connections across america we are making connections on this podcast between every game that we're talking about here. this we is are. pretty, and we didn't plan this. This is natural. This is awful. no, this, this is this organic. Is how good we are. It's amazing. I am amazed at us. We are amazing. Oh, well, okay.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll take
0: it. All right. All right. So we've, we've only got one more segment before the end of the show here. Uh, we're going to do our new tradition. Carlos has games coming up. Now. I don't know what you're going to talk about. I don't know what you've got planned doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be on the next episode, but this is stuff coming up in the future. What have you got your eye on, Carlos?
1: Well, um, I am playing Star Wars Star Wars Jedi oh, Fallen Order. Oh, that just came out a couple
0: days ago. Just too. came
1: out. Uh, I'm going to mention really quickly that <clears throat> also The Mandalorian came out. Ah, The um,
0: Mandalorian, yes, yes, yes.
1: Very, very good. We can talk about it in banter for a minute if you want. Um, but it is, it's a perfect pairing. If you're watching that show and you want a game that's Star Wars, it's – It couldn't have come at a better time. I don't think they planned it, which is crazy if they didn't, but it it has a lot of the same kind of feels. Um, I won't get into it now, but I'm having a good time with it. It's... Weirdly enough, it's a little like Dark Souls, which is crazy.
0: I've heard people say that, like it's got a Dark Souls Sekiro kind of vibe to it, which I was not expecting at all. Can you? That I mean, we don't have to talk about, it, but just real, like, super briefly. Can you expand on that a little bit?
1: Well, I could, or I could keep it as a teaser. You have to listen to the next oh, episode.
0: We gotta tune into the next episode. Okay, okay. That's it's
1: fair. totally Dark Souls with Star Wars and also kind of Uncharted, and it's pretty great. So I mean,
0: that sounds kind of amazing.
1: Yeah, and also I'm gonna be playing uh, as soon as I possibly can get my hands on it. Um, actually I actually know the developer, so I might just talk to them. Uh, Watam.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is coming up from uh, Kata Takahashi, the guy yes. behind Katamari Damacy, I'm pretty sure. Oh, and also Katamari Damacy, Nobi Nobi Boy. Nobi Boy. Um, um, I played
1: this maybe. so many years ago now at this point, I feel like. Um,
0: it's been at PAX. Like, I feel like it's been at PAX like 19 years in a row.
1: At least 19 years in a row. Yeah, yeah at least crazy. since we were kids, Wattam has been a thing um and it is just nonsense and fun as shit and if you like katamari or nobi nobi boy you'll like it and there's a mayor in it and oh my goodness i I've just been waiting for this thing it doesn't make much sense it reminds me of donut county in a way too okay. um but yeah that's both those i'll be playing and talk about our next episode
0: excellent sounds good sounds good thank you very much for carlos's games coming up carlos and that brings us to the official end of the show thank you all very much for listening carlos and i will be back again next week because we are back on the weekly schedule hooray hooray we'll be back with another episode and for now in the meantime we would love your questions or comments you can uh, reach us as always so video games at gmail.com boy speaking of which when's the last time i fucking checked it god damn
1: it i gotta whoa
0: dude do your job i gotta do my job god i'm slacking sorry guys i gotta go <laughs> check i gotta check they're out. like we
1: did email you i you know. never got
0: it i keep asking for email and i forgot to... oh i'm sorry you guys okay i want to check it right now as soon as i get off the show guys suck i'm sorry uh, so <laughs> after that uh you can also post comments for us at gamecritics.com. after the show goes up we are also on twitter as a show collectively at so video games but you can also reach us individually and i think that usually works a little bit better carlos where can people find you in uh social media online like uh the interwebs. Where where are you at? Where can they find you?
1: I feel like I have enough places that I can just say a new one each time. <laughs> You've got <laughs> each, plenty. you you, were, you show. got presents. Yeah, absolutely. Here, I'm going to give a new one. Okay, here's a new one. Just go to Carlosradella.com. That's a new one. Okay. It's only one L. Just like you. There's no damn O's. Uh, there's only one L. R-O-D-E-L-A. Carlos, dot Just go there.
0: All right. Cool, cool, cool uh as for me same as usual you can hit me up on twitter and instagram it's the same handle on both it's my name b-r-a-d-g-a-l-l-a-w-a-y and that is it for us thank you again for joining us on the so video games podcast and we'll be back next
1: week in the meantime this is uh bye from brad and so long and thanks for all the fish from carlos
0: We can banter for a little bit if you'd like to. You want to you wanna talk about The Mandalorian real quick?
1: Yeah, just really quickly because I'm so exhausted. And I'm, by the way, amazed that I uh, did the whole podcast with my Invisalign in.
0: Nice. I didn't notice a thing.
1: That's sweet. I felt a lot of saliva in my mouth area. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, and now we're in banter.
0: Now we're in banter. We're, we're in banter. banter. Okay, so The Mandalorian, two episodes are out. Have you seen both episodes?
1: Yep. Oh, uh, my goodness. The baby Yoda. Oh, wait. I can spoil, right?
0: Uh, I. I mean, I don't I mean, know if it it's, just did. it's It's all over. It's all over fucking everywhere I look. It's all over social media. I don't know it's if it's... true, it is, yeah. I mean, I hadn't even watched the episode, and I already knew what was coming up, so...
1: Oh, I didn't, and so it was fun. It was a pleasant surprise, but that thing is so adorable. There's a baby... Well, we don't know what the creature's called because it's not Yoda.
0: I was just going to say, like, do we even know what... I mean, I'm sure someone knows what their race is called, right? There's some. Oh. There's a Star Wars expert out there who probably knows what that race is called.
1: I did some actual notes, not for the show, But for banter. (laughs) (laughs) And my notes are this. Yoda's race and homeworld have not been named in any official media, canonical or otherwise. He is merely said to be of species unknown.
0: Really? I'm surprised. I thought they had gone into all the lore and backstory for all those Star Wars guys.
1: Nope. So this is a... We call him Baby Yoda, but it's not. It's it's not even in that timeline. Uh, So it's just another race of the whatever that is.
0: I had no idea. Okay, well now I know. Now they know that there are still questions to be answered in the Star Wars universe. So, uh, two episodes out on Disney Plus, only place to see it. What did you think of it so far?
1: Yeah, I really like it. It's simple. It, it feels like what uh, what was that movie? The Star Wars movie separate one Rebel Re-
0: Rebel One? Is that right?
1: Rebel One? Is I that might be, right? I might be getting that
0: wrong. The one that that was about the people sneaking in the base, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like that. It feels like this great side story, you know. I, I mean, I like it better in the fact that it's these short, shorter, you know, episodes, and of course, people love things they can binge watch. And I think that it's interesting because you never see the main character's face at least for now because he's one of those Mandalorians, uh, bounty hunter with the the mask on, the Boba yeah, Fett same, mask.
0: Same race as the Boba Fett people, or the same culture? I mean, I guess, is is a race? Is it a, is Mandalorian a race, or is that like a
1: you know, someone just told me and I already forgot. But uh, Okay, he's, he's like, he's one of the Boba
0: Fett dudes, but not yeah. he's not Boba Fett, but it's similar armor.
1: Yeah, the similar armor. And you don't, so you don't basically just hear the, the actor's voice, and um, it, I'm sure that's great for like all the stunts that that character has to do. Yeah. But no, it's I just a I kind of a nice, chill, really a kind of a road story. Like, you know, this guy is going along. Uh, he's a bounty hunter. He's picking up jobs. He's meeting interesting characters, and... I just want to know more. Like, I just want to see his next adventure.
0: Yeah, for sure. I was talking to a friend of mine online, uh, Cyril, who is at Defunct Games on Twitter. Do you know him at all? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. He actually doesn't live too far from me. We've never met in person, but he's actually fairly close to where I live in the Seattle area. And we've been talking for a while. Uh, He knows uh, a lot about TV and movies, and we talk about that stuff quite a bit. And he... He said that uh, the Mandalorian is very much like a like a lone wolf and cub, which didn't occur to me at first. But as soon as you mentioned it, I'm like, yeah, that's actually very true. There's a lot of parallels between this and lone wolf and cub. Do, are you familiar with lone wolf? Yep, and cub at totally. All? And Yeah, totally. And I okay. can
1: see that, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, the guy, the samurai with the kid. And here's the Mandalorian guy with his baby Yoda. Very similar vibe. And it's also kind of a Western. Like, it's kind of like he's like lone, lone gunman sort of walking around doing stuff and. Um, I'm into it, dude. I want to. I. Wanna, I, w- I mean. I wish all the episodes were out because I would watch. I would have watched the whole thing by now.
1: But oh, I'm I saw of, what I have. I'm kind of it's, disappointed. It's such a perfect pairing for that game, for the Star Wars game. So in the Star Wars game, there's a little a robot called uh, BT1, and we'll talk about it in next episode. But he's he's your baby Yoda, right? It's the same type of thing. Like you are looking after this little thing, although the robot in the game is doing a lot more work. Um, but that said, the little baby Yoda has, you know, the force power. So oh, it's still a baby. So you got to cut him some slack. I mean, it's still technically a baby.
0: Still an infant. So
1: that baby trying to heal his arm, the most adorable thing in the that
0: world. That was adorable and hilarious. That was really yeah. funny. Yes, that was very He's good. like, I get away it.
1: from me. And she's, he's like, no, no, I'm trying to help you.
0: See, well, this is great because I actually think the Mandalorian is cool. I really like, well, you know who I really liked was that fucking attack droid in the very first episode that got his brains
1: blown out at the end oh but that guy I was, know I wanted to him to be around for he longer. was
0: badass dude I love that guy I mean, I mean he's a droid so there could be like a thousand more just like him which I'm kind of hoping there is that yeah. guy was great dude I fucking love that guy I want an action figure of that guy like right away but uh-
1: I also like that guy who kept saying, um, I, have I have spoken. spoken. Yes. Yeah, that's just a great little line. I'm like, that's so cool.
0: Me and my wife are already barking it at each other like all day long. It's pretty. It's oh, pretty
1: that's right. Yeah, that could work out in a domestic situation. Totally, totally. I have spoken. You're like, oh, OK, shut up.
0: Here's the thing <laughs> that I like the most about the Mandalorian, though. Um, I mean, I think it's great. Uh, special effects are great. I love that. You know, I mean, I think the armor is cool looking and all that stuff. But the thing that I like about it. Is like I like Star Wars a lot, right? Like I'm not like a crazy Star Wars fan, but I enjoy me I enjoy me some Star Wars. And the thing that I I think is a shame, and the thing that is the problem with Star Wars is like they keep bringing it back to like the Skywalkers all the time. It always ends up being like a story about Jedi's and stuff. But when you look at the universe of Star Wars, there's like a fucking a billion planets they could set a story on. There's a billion interesting characters, a billion races they could be talking about that could be within the same context as. A Star Wars, but it doesn't have to always be about the fucking Skywalkers and about being a Jedi in the Force and shit. There's tons of other stuff that they could be doing. And like the Mandalorian is not a member of the Skywalker family. He's just like some dude and he, yeah, he finds a baby Yoda, but it's not the Yoda. It's just like a Yoda. And you know, it's like, it's totally separate story. Like I am not, at no point am I expecting Luke Skywalker to show up. I am not expecting, you know, any of that stuff. I think there's so much potential for other different kinds of stories to be in the star wars setting which i think is so rich and i'm really glad that they're finally starting to explore that they did that a little bit with rebel one where like it wasn't necessarily like a jedi story it it did connect but i like that it was something different this is again something different it doesn't have to be about the skywalkers and i think that's great i wish they would do more of that
1: yeah it's like a little side story like like, an actual like novel or something you would read right and at the end they do that great thing of just like showing the scenes from what you just watched like in those drawings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it just adds to that feel of like, yeah, you just watch this little piece of lore that's like disconnected from, you know, Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. And on top of that, it takes place before Star Wars. And I think the video game does too, meaning like before New Hope. So I think...
0: I'm a little bit confused as the timeline. So you're saying... Before Luke. Before before the stuff with Luke. Okay.
1: Yeah. So basically, like, I think the movie and the game... internet, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's right, that it's both like, you know, the Jedi are out, outsies, the Order 66 and all that stuff happened, and so they're kind of like, yeah, these outcasts, and so it's not that big of a deal, it's not like everybody knows about this force thing, so that's why he wouldn't know about the, the Yoda, when well, he was like, whoa, this guy's like lifting him up in the air, uh, that monster, that's crazy. Uh, I just love that time period, it's kind of this nice in-between dark period, Um, And you can tell a lot of stories during that. So I am so smitten. I I really am.
0: I dig it. I dig it. I'm looking forward to seeing how this goes. And I really want them to do more of this style. Like, I would watch a a different show set in the Star Wars universe every fucking season. Like, give me a different character. Give me a different situation. Yeah. I'm down for it. I think there's tons of stories waiting to be told there.
1: Yep. Uh, And I will say also, uh, to kind of connect it one more time, I finished uh, Snowpiercer, finally. Have you ever seen that movie? I love that movie. That is a that is a a great movie. It is sometimes it's a little bit of a hard watch, but I think it's a great movie. It's it's kind of long. It's based on the I want to say Korean version. I forgot. There's oh wait a, a minute.
0: Is there? Oh wait. Are you? Wait a minute. Did they remake um, it?
1: No, no. It it originally. Hold on. Let me look. Use the internet. I, I think originally it was a different movie, and then they they remade it. I know it was a comic book at first, and then I know that it was made in Korea. So, right. their the, the director was Korean. Oh, the he's Korean for, uh, director for this movie. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, oh yeah, he was just okay. So it was directed by the Korean director and uh, a South Korean co-production. Okay, never mind that. I thought it was like uh, originally just Korean, like all Korean actors, and then it. But no, it was just him uh, directing it. Well, anyways, it's incredible, and I. I've always had it on my Netflix like, like at like 70% done, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I don't know why because it, it's 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 a little difficult because it's, you know, it's a lot to take and it's yeah, a pretty long there's thing. Yeah,
0: some, there's some rough patches in it too, stuff that's kind of really hard to digest, yeah.
1: Yeah, but it's definitely worth finishing it. So it reminded me of Death Stranding and the fact of like this, you know, weird post-apocalyptic landscape, but um, trying to start over and stuff like that. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it
0: i love snowpiercer dude i will give a shout out since we're talking about you know korean or korean related films have you seen uh train to busan have you seen that no oh my god i love that one that's a zombie movie made um i don't think it's the same director but a different korean director um that is a great fucking zombie movie um really fast-paced lots of action some really fucking tense moments that's one of the best zombie movies to come out in a while i love train to busan if you're in the mood for a horror or a zombie movie, uh, that is excellent. I think it's on Netflix even.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing it now. It's a different director, but it uh, came out 2016, Korean as well. Um, okay. I'm kind of digging these list. Korean
0: directors, man. I like I like the vibe they're putting down. I like their stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. I just like any uh, different perspective, you know?
0: Yeah, it's really good. It's really good, man.
1: Well, that's what this whole episode's been, connecting different perspectives positive which is so fucking weird you're gonna have to be this like, like just of... really mean the next time yeah it's gonna be bitter
0: and vicious next time so like strap in folks it's well maybe
1: i'll like... do that with you though maybe i'll just be like like i'll pick games that i think i might despise and just like <laughs> we'll just have a shit show be like yeah this is fucking terrible why do these people even make games stupid developers well
0: it's funny dude because i mean honestly i know you don't and i definitely don't like i mean very I don't. I don't plan a show thinking. All right, this is gonna be the hate show. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna rant on this stuff. Like, I, I really. I'm either genuinely talking about what caught my interest that week, or I just ended up just like straight up not liking something. So. Oh yeah. It's just. But it's ironic that we just ended up having such a love fest this time.
1: I know, but now I am actively gonna pick some things that I'm gonna hate. Because <laughs> I really, I just gotta do it. Too much love. Too much just love. Too, I've been too optimistic for the first episodes. Come on.
0: <laughs> All right, All man. Right. This is good. This is a good episode. I think I'm good. We uh. We peace out and.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take my Invisalign out and go rest. All right. Peace out. We done. Peace out.